the beat, beat. All since notes are fully punctuated. Running the light dot exe. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is complete. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? I will shoot you. Error. Server block 3 is experiencing critical ignition. Yes, right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the low life podcast. Oh, it's the low life podcast. This is uh, this is your boy Coin Ops. I'm here with uh, Scum and Shadow Link. Hi. Glory to the machine. And this week we have a very special guest, a very dear friend of mine. We've known each other for what 15 years or so now, like Something since like college. That, yeah. yeah. So we got Damon here. Demon. Damon. Damon, yeah. Damon, gotcha. Yeah, boys. It's the D A E M O N thing. Remember the Damon mailers used to get all the time? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> God. Hopefully I'm a little more useful than that. Uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Indeed. That's I'm so excited about doing this. This is going to be great. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me, guys. I really appreciate being here. Yeah. Uh, woo. Of course. So uh, today we're going to talk about the Matrixes. All of them. <laughs> and um, yes, and Damon's got uh, 12 pages of notes about it. And hell yeah. <laughs> it is story time with Damon. Yeah. So, uh, oh, hell yeah. It's going to be all encompassing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, like, real quick, a uh, quick overview. Y'all saw the new movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was it's very a fucking good. hoot. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's fun. I had a blast. It's really fun. Yeah. It was a and blast. It, it is definitely, yeah. I think. In my opinion, I think that this is like the best outcome for, you know, a Matrix sequel this day and age. Yeah. Um, After everything that came before, this makes so yeah. much sense. Is yeah. that the only way? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I, I can't imagine anything else. I can't imagine. I really can't. I can't. I can't what? Just more more car chases or something? Like, yeah, no. basically. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> We're dealing Please, with characters. There are here. plenty of people who are uh, griping about the... The action, the lack of action. Yeah. <laughs> this thing, as of, as of this recording, this has a five point seven on IMDb. <laughs> That's oh, it. Which, yeah, I. Everybody's big it's mad. It's not that bad. Come on. Yeah, I mean, mad. Jesus. It's, it's really everybody it's, is big. No. Mad. It's. It, I like it because it's going to be one of those things that, like, in a few years, it's totally everybody's going to be like, "No, that movie was fucking great." You know, oh yeah. You get the yeah. subtext. It's kind of like when all the subtext finally, like, which are not subtle oh yeah <laughs> they are. not at all okay if anybody was expecting gonna, yeah. subtlety like you're not paying attention though also oh, no. Mm-hmm. no also when has the matrix ever been subtle no like it wears exactly. everything on its sleeve well in and 1999 it was pretty fucking mind-blowing because everyone's like what does it mean because it you was know. mind-blowing because you know well yeah let's... weren't as uh acquainted with japanese cinema at that point i think <laughs> Well, let, let's take it back. Uh, David, what was the first time you saw The Matrix? What was that experience like for you? Okay, well, um, I guess the one thing that I will say, just connecting back to what you were just saying, it was subtle enough to where there were enough people that just frankly didn't get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But uh, let's see. 1999, I was in middle school. Um, mm-hmm. So I I didn't end up really watching the matrix until i was well into high school 
And okay. I remember I watched it with my dad and because uh, we always watch like action movies, sci-fi movies oh, yeah. together. And so we watched it and it was one of those experiences that's similar to watching like The Prestige where uh-huh. I immediately wanted to watch it again. Like yeah. immediately. Yeah. If, I, if I had been watching it in the theater, I would have just stayed. And, yes. uh, and so I think that for me, The Matrix has always sort of been there as something to return to in that Mm. way and so for me like i was very scared (laughs) when i heard that there was going to be another one because (laughs) i i'm somebody who i am not a completionist so i'll say that um Mm -hmm. if there is something that does not look hopeful in terms of the type of respect or quality that something Mm. is going to have i'm not going to watch it I feel I that. have I have quit books, I've quit TV shows, I've quit movies partially through because I don't have time for it. Yes. <laughs> if, it, if it's not good, if it's not paying the kind of respect to the story, the characters, the arc, whatever it might be. The audience. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There is oh, so you've you've heard of my in this heard, world. That's that's very, very parallel to my uh lost theory of disengagement where it's, <laughs> as I get older and become more aware of my own mortality, I, I really demand a little bit more out of my storytelling. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, I, I'm, I've read, I've been the amateur. I am the amateur. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to waste your time, which is why I don't release this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta be a little self-aware, you know, and you stick to podcasting. <laughs> that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Who, who knew? I never would have picked this. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are <laughs> some alternate uni- some alternate universe just coin ops on like wax making wax cylinders oh my god <laughs> what about you fellas though how old were you when the matrix dropped into your world man i was how old am i i'm 32 now it came out in 1999 and i'm bad at math <laughs> so, you're like 11 yeah i was 11 like i said like i saw this and i'm like i shouldn't have saw this but like <laughs> My aunt and uncle were trying to be cool, and they're like, yeah, and they're like ruined my life because I saw this movie. <laughs> 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 and, I uh, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. Continue. No, it was just it was it's an important film. Like I look at yeah. I look back at it fondly because it was like, yeah, no, fuck the system, and like you know what? Unfortunately, other people had the same message in a very different way. Yeah. But um, you know, fuck the system. You gotta fucking at least try. <laughs> belief you know you got to do this mm-hmm. thing and you know i was 11 you know it's dudes punching each other i'm like come yeah, on yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like this is the greatest thing ever made oh yeah no uh, i i saw it when i was 15 um but the more interesting thing about that was this was shortly after my uh first sort of mental breakdown of reality um so this was after the first time I questioned whether or not everything around us was real. And my mom was like, Oh, I've got a movie for you. So <laughs> Wow. No, it was great actually. It was I mean, well, kind of like a neurocartographer's whole exposure therapy thing. Yeah. No. Expose yourself to the thing that kind of freaks you out. That's kind of the same thing with this movie like it's like how do you how do you read my brain how, how are you doing this am i in the matrix is the matrix my my mind construct is that is that really what's hey, happening right now hey kid i know you're having delusions right now but here 
I'm going to make it way worse. <laughs> Let me give you a justification for them. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, like the, the bots in that movie really, I mean, really spoke to uh, paranoid delusions that I have had in the past. The agents. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Like uh, uh, um, what they did with the agents in this movie is that they could literally be anybody and be activated at any moment. Yeah. That's, that's um, terrifying. We'll get into and that I'm paranoia. Like, but like, yeah. oh, yeah. But look at back at the other films, like the idea of the agent, right? Like there were people who will like li- there's normal people on who unfortunately will like define their whole existence on it which are obviously yeah. going to be cops right yeah, like yeah, yeah. military and whatnot <laughs> then you have the agents which are like supposed to be the g-men but like in all honesty they're not even human like they really are the yeah. take on the men in black yeah oh, and, yeah yeah and oh well uh, I, I gotta tell you mine yes i was uh oh boy. 20 20 fucking four um children and uh <laughs> <laughs> i remember the trailers for this on tv like the teasers they were yeah. real fast. They were yeah. like 15, 30 seconds long. And they oh, were yeah. like, no, I've seen, I've seen some of them. They're, crazy shit. They what is the say... matrix.com? And well, yeah. they did that viral marketing of the yeah. website, right? Yeah. I mean, it was weaponized. Website, which was brought yeah. back for this yes. uh, promo, which I thought yeah. was really interesting, but go on. Coin. But, uh, but yeah, no, I remember it was, it was like, we went to the 10 o'clock, the 10 o'clock show at the Regal cinemas in Austin town, Ohio. My brother, oh, Regal cinemas. Yes. And this was the newer one of the two. Um, and uh, so we like drove out there because they had the new big curved screens and shit. You know, yeah. it wasn't like IMAX, but it was just like slightly yeah. curved kind of. And uh, we each uh, took two hits of acid. Hell yeah. Oh, oh my man. God. That's a good Hell time. Yeah. You don't <laughs> even know what a ride we went on because like I was fucking with it right up until the bug crawled in his belly button and I kind of <laughs> grabbed my brother's arm. <laughs> And I was like, that's the thing that got me right there. That's the thing that fucked me up. Because, like, we tripped before, you know? Like, we were like, you know, we know when something's kind of getting a little, like, crazy. I'm like, this is the thing that's giving me anxiety. You know, like, (laughs) after the movie was over, we walked out. We walked back to the car. We got in the car. We drove out to the country, out into, you know, like, the nearby farms and smoked a joint and just drove around for, like, 45 minutes. We didn't say a fucking word to each other. (laughs) Not nothing we just had like a mix cd on or something some techno was playing because like it was just and, and like in that and when we finally did go to like a denny's or whatever after that like it was like after we plateaued right so we're still tripping we're just like yeah eggs sound like a great idea let's do that and we, <laughs> we sit down at this over bright diner and we just like look at each other and i'm like everything has changed like yeah. cinema has changed yeah like yeah. It, this nothing i've could not have predicted that you know what i mean and it, yeah. then i went and saw the movie in theaters and it, like when it went to like the dollar you know the the cheap theater was like two bucks a you know second run theater i must have seen that thing in theaters like 20 times because mm-hmm. i and, and not even tripping i just like went back and i was like nah this is this wasn't the drugs this is fucking awesome like this yeah. is legit a good movie like yeah. holy yeah. fuck yeah and that was oh, yeah. it, it was a hell of a thing and then when you know the sequels were announced like uh it it just it was like the tide had turned against them mm. because like they were coming too close together and they were very talky. They're yeah. a lot more enjoyable to watch at home. I will say that yeah. Um, yeah. in a theater, oh, yeah. like you had an expectation based on the first film, but the first film stands on its own. You literally like yeah. wouldn't need to go further than that if you didn't want to. And you would have had a perfect and like, you know, multifaceted, wonderful, like action movie that dealt with like Eastern philosophy and all these other, you know, themes that we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah. But like, then they did them. Yeah. 
and you have to deal with that. If you like like the Matrix, you know that's part of it. The Animatrix also was phenomenal. Yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. fucking love it. That's a, you know, that's a just, thing. I just watched it for the first time when I was doing my research for this oh. podcast. Oh. And- I was blown away. Yeah, they're amazing. There was, are some that I like better than others, but sure. you know, oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, that, it's that uh, early two thousands uh, CG, like the the Black Lotus it, yeah. kind of animation. You know, right, right. Well, right. the last but, flight of the Osiris is like that for sure. But yeah. I really enjoyed the different animation styles. Mm-hmm. Like for me, the one yeah. there were a couple that stood out, but like kids story um really wonderful and i think like i actually took some stuff from that i put it in my notes but we can maybe get to that later but i think that what i appreciated was how the wachowskis were involved in like every Mm -hmm. step of that so it's not as though they were you know letting things come out that wasn't part of the universe and i think like yeah the, the wachowskis like involvement in the universe is something that i think it's totally it it, it's given about. it a lot of it's given it a lot of integrity it really holds up i think and like the mm-hmm. and all the world building like even in this new movie all the world building that they add just really fleshes out the universe even more yeah and yeah. i'm i'm impressed you know, by that you know and that's that's a thing too that i like to say like before we kind of get more like into this is that exact thing you know, when you get sequels, like what's happening in the Star Wars universe that I've noticed before, I kind of like just yeah. didn't, you know, like the, well, no, they're like the plague hit. I don't have Disney plus. I don't know what the fuck's going on with these TV shows. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like, I've heard that even the, I've heard they're good. The Mandalorian sure. is good, but yeah. like, I just don't care. I have no, in- I have <laughs> well, no interest but, in seeing any more. The, yeah. the problem with it that you could see starting to happen in the fucking prequels, the first of which came out, I think the same year as the Matrix. Yep. Um. They were they had this in a in a universe far, far away, right? There's this vast thing. When you get the original trilogy, you get to the end of it, you see like you have this sense of this like vast interconnected, but like a galaxy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot going on that you don't know about because you only saw this character. There's no backstory. They're just at the fucking cantina and they just call him Hammerhead when they make an action figure out of him. You don't know shit yeah. about him. Then you fast forward. You know, there was all the like uh, the B-roll stuff, all the like uh, books that came out and some of it was canon, some of it wasn't. Yeah. And then they did the prequels. And the first thing I fucking noticed was that they were trying to make that universe smaller. And then the new fucking the sequels came out and they made it even smaller because everything just kept recurring, yep. you know, and they they just like it didn't go out. They didn't well, advance see, anything. They didn't make it vaster. There was yeah. like, the sense of wonder coming was from, gone. Coming from you a different generation, see. though, I, I want to say that, like, I, growing up with the prequels, I felt as though, you know, and with all the uh, the books that they came out with, um, the, the expanded universe as it once mm-hmm. was called i like i thought that um that just made the universe bigger for me well yeah uh, well, yeah. yeah. the books were actually better than any of the movies and then but disney then, came along and murdered them all yeah exactly mm-hmm. but uh, it's funny uh, and don't oh, keep going well uh, that's what i was going to say when they came out with the new trilogy i was like man this just feels like a puddle now this isn't yeah it's kind of an ocean of creativity people want to see their action figures play with each other (laughs) yep yeah well and that's what it feels like and that's what i liked about this is that this was always building upon something and showing you more of it because there's it's it's fractal yeah well i'm glad you brought up star wars because honestly i was kind of afraid that uh, when they announced that they were going to make this movie uh i was kind of afraid for a little bit that it was going to have that kind of star warsy kind of like diminishing 
to it. There's, oh, you know, man. It, like I knew who's behind it, and I'm like, that gave me comfort. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, well, we've seen this before, you know. We've yes, right. and like soft reboots gone bad, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I will. I have to say though, I I have so much respect for Lana Wachowski's like integrity and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The struggle that uh, she and Lily have gone through to retain control over this franchise specifically. Yes. Um, yes. And it, you can see that struggle really play out through Resurrections, too. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Every step of the way. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'm, I don't know. And it's, it's also interesting to me that nothing that they've done since The Matrix has been original i guess it's it's all been based on some other work i think well, there, there wasn't that jupiter arising is sense original yeah. i oh, have yeah, that, that is that is original that, uh, yeah that because that was like that was a really good collab with uh what david mitchell yeah. who wrote um um and which i haven't seen it yet either oh is, cloud uh, atlas cloud atlas well that's another thing the writers of yeah. this lana wrote it with david mitchell and also alexander hemmen who is actually like an artist in residence in college nice like when wow. we were back at columbia no shit yeah no and he, huh. he right as i was leaving it was like the last semester i was there like 2010 like around that that season um i think he'd been around for about a year and i saw him give a speech like in that one room where we used to do our fucking like journal entries yeah and then um <laughs> then there was like he was just on the floor and we had just like a real brief conversation. I just liked the guy like, cause he would, he was one of the only people in that department that would like disabuse you of any notions of romance about like writing as a career. Yeah. And he would beat you about the head with that as fast as possible. He had no time. And I always really liked that about him. Like we got along. I was just like, yeah, no, you're all right. And then I never saw him again. But when I found out he was like on this, I was like, fuck yeah, dude, right on. (laughs) He made me really happy. It's always incredible when there's like connections to our school and like the things we talk about sometimes where it's like, God damn, we did occupy the same building. The the Wachowskis are from Chicago, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And Chicago is all over, especially the first movie, I feel. Like the look of of Edge City, the look of um, sort of, you know, Thomas Anderson slash Neo's world, I think, Mm -hmm. has a kind of Chicago flavor that. Oh, definitely. From there, if you're mm-hmm. not familiar with that kind of feeling, I think that verticality and density. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. yeah. To me, I would never confuse the setting that is in the first film with like New York or no. LA or well, Miami. Def- they do also really lean into the whole uh, gangland Chicago vibes as well in the well, first Gotham, movie. Even. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. Gotham, I mean, that's, Chicago. Gotham, I Gotham is supposed to be Chicago. Metropolis is New York. Yeah. Um, according to the writers, I guess. That's uh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I was so, that, that, damn. They had a very uh, optimistic view of New York back in that's whenever weird. they made Superman, I suppose. I don't know. I've been to Des Moines. i think going back to integrity is one thing that i i want to talk about with the storytelling because um one of the things that we were all talking about before recording was um how 
I was watching this interview with Lana on the red carpet. Um, it was an interview that she did with IGN that was um, posted on the 18th of December. And um, she's asked this question about like, why now? Like, why return? And and she said that Resurrections wasn't planned. I'm quoting her now. So she she says, quote, it wasn't planned. It was not orchestrated in any way. It was just something happened in my life and I needed to process some grief. I really kind of needed to have all of these people around. And by people, I think she both means her collaborators, but also her characters. And yeah. to me, I think like she has spoken in other places about how Warner Brothers, who gets, you know, <laughs> there is a whole meta conversation that gets talked about Warner Brothers in the film, yeah. which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But oh, yeah. they, you know, she describes like Warner Brothers essentially like <laughs> not literally, but like backing up like semi trucks of cash to where she and Lily were and saying like, all of this could be yours if only you go back to the matrix. And she had said over and over, like it's done for me in the same way that Smith or who becomes Smith, um, mm. you know, tells Thomas Anderson, which is like, I know that the trilogy is over for you, but, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so I think like the, <laughs> the integrity is something I want to highlight because like as somebody who, Right. The Matrix meant a lot to me, still means a lot to me, um, like knowing that she was there and knowing that her involvement was um, as not just director, but also, you know, continuing to write, continuing to, I think, pour so much creative energy into it. I felt similarly comforted. And yeah, as yeah. soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I am in. I am <laughs> fucking in. Whatever yeah. this is, I don't care. <laughs> like, I am there. Oh, right man. On, yeah. And a lot of the changes they made, I think, man, uh, really helped... I think over the past 20 years or so, they've, uh, uh, Lana and Lily have, you know, always kind of suggested, uh, that, well, maybe, maybe look at this with a trans narrative in mind, you know, maybe look at the matrix with a trans narrative in mind. Um, this movie is basically just saying, no, this is what the matrix matrix is about you fuckers. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so like we were saying, it's not subtle. Like, it's, oh yeah, no. It's but, very, well, the first half not, hour is it's not fucking like, hilarious. Yeah, it, it's not even like I uh, trying to, I don't know, uh, beat you in the face with it or or it's no, it's just the dialogue as offered in the order to yeah. for, you know move the story along. Yeah. Like it, it's so natural and heightened at the same time. Yeah, like I don't know, it it. Well, let's get into it then. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's but, do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, Damon. <laughs> yes. How does the movie start? <laughs> uh, well, I mean. <laughs> no, where do your okay, notes start? Yeah, yeah, where do your notes start? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I think that, so I, I want to push back a little bit only because I don't think that Lily and Lana were the people who spearheaded the, like, trans narrative yeah. or anything like that. I'm not trying yeah. to say that that's exactly what you were saying. I just want to say that people had approached both Lana and Lily saying, you know, these films saved my life. You know, these mm -hmm. films um, mean so much to me as a trans person. I think yeah. like Lana and Lily have since 
you know, the trilogy's original release, like have heard that from people um, and have, you know, said, like given their blessing essentially for that reading, I think when you listen to interviews of them um, about making those films, uh, the original trilogy, I think um, so often what comes up for both of them is the language of we didn't really have the words to use. Um, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think that the matrix and, and fighting against the matrix, um, there was just enough subtlety that people, I think, took it and ran with it for a variety of things. Now, I think that the matrix as a metaphor can be applied in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the trans, the trans allegory is one of them, but I don't think that that has to be, even necessarily should be the only reading that people get from that. Well, yeah, I mean, not. I mean, no, well, if you if you're gonna abstractify it enough, then it's just it's another sort of illustration of the Platonic cave. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's just know, art just, that it's yeah. your everyone's gonna see something different in a metaphor depending on your own experiences and the fact that so many trans people saw this and it resonated with them is just an example of a good piece of art <laughs> because. Yeah. People saw something of themselves and that gave them comfort and good, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's the fact that, you know, it's very rare that we get to talk about a piece of art that has resonated in both directions extremely and Mm -hmm. it between, you know, people like, I hate using left and right. You know what I mean? Like just so many so, the assholes uh, and the less asshole assholes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's just so opposed ideologies took resonated with them because, again, you see art and you interpret it through your own experiences. And that's sure. the sign of good art is, you know, whatever it is, you make it, you know, and you learn a lot about people from what, how oh, they yeah. interpret certain things. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I will say that, like, so I identify as both trans and non-binary, which it's... <laughs> Watching yeah. Resurrections, I think, is funny uh, using the descriptor or the the identity as non-binary for me because there are so much challenge to the binary. Yeah, they do talk about they do talk they do drop the word binary so much in this a film. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. one thing yeah. that I want to talk about um, that if we're going to go to the beginning of the film, right? So you know we're dropped into what we come to find out is. Thomas Anderson's modal in the (laughs) Matrix video game, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of description about the old code. Um, And one of the things that I I thought was interesting, so in my research for this podcast, um, I I was talking with CoinOps about aesthetics. And one of the things that I found on YouTube um, was this talk given by Kale Keegan um, before showing the matrix and it was a talk about the aesthetics of the matrix and how (laughs) actually it's aesthetics allows for a trans narrative, which I thought was really interesting. And, um, Kale, uh, presents this paradox, which is, um, there's a couple of them actually like the first one. And I'm quoting here is, is the matrix an unprecedented example of previously unrecognized transgender authors making a blockbuster transgender hero narrative? Or is it an example of how the cinematic expansion of perceived realities that the film achieves 
might lead to new modes of imagining and expressing one's own embodiment or one's own gender. And specifically, Kale is talking about bullet time. And so furthering or commenting on those paradoxes, Kale Keegan says, did the Wachowskis make a secretly transgender film? Or did this film make available new sensations that have led to changes in how we understand the possibilities of the body and of gender? And to me, that was really fascinating, especially when looking at the beginning of the film, because who do we meet at the beginning of the film? We meet Morpheus (laughs) 2.0 in the first part of the film. And what happens I mean, because Bugs finds Morpheus Mm 2.0, he's extracted from the Matrix and becomes embodied in the real world, which is something that was not possible in the first trilogy. Yeah. It's something that I think, um, you know, I'm not saying that Lana is like tipped her hand to that or something like that, but I think that that's a pretty compelling argument that actually the aesthetics of the original matrix trilogy and particularly bullet time, which becomes so important. Mm -hmm. um, I think in this film, like nods to being able to show multiple embodiments and multiple temporalities that, you know, become real to people who may not have been awake to that. This is oh, right. it, this is interesting because for that character, right? He starts out as a agent. He's he's yeah. this. It's extra cerebral too because this is a simulation built in a simulation using the code of yeah, the simulation. And I wonder. I and, wonder if that's uh, if that is a nod to other theories uh, about the Matrix. Oh, um, probably because it's like yeah. this, this Morpheus. He's in a suit. He's Smith. He's the Smith in the simulation. They even refer to him as Smith. And you obviously know something's wrong because Smith is a black man and Bugs is here. And also, like, Trinity is obviously not Trinity. I like the knockoff Trinity they got. I yeah, she was yeah. Very good in this. But, That's um, pretty great. It was funny. I, I laughed. I thought that was yeah. hilarious. I'm like, what's happening? But um, That's what I'm saying. That whole first half hour is a lot of this, like, kind of like, this ain't right. It's like, you exactly. know it felt like? It felt like someone was jabbing you in, like, that one part of your ribs with their knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> like a half hour. Yeah, because it's like he he... So basically he gets, he meets Bugs after, you know, action, action, action. We're going to gloss over a lot of the action in this, but it's, you know, yeah. some cool fight moments. Uh, Bugs in well, new, new Morpheus. Well, kind so of. The whole point of it is that. Bugs. So like, so I guess we don't have super tight notes on this, but the way it starts out is you have a focus on Bugs, who is the character with the, the sunglasses and the blue hair from the, uh, the trailers. Um, mm. And you see that she is like observing something that is happening. Um, you're you see that she's observing essentially the first scene from the first Matrix. Yeah, uh, through these like horror movie like Texas Chainsaw Massacre walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's <laughs> but something's off, and she yeah. even says so. But she, she even calls out. She's like, "We've seen this before." She's just now she's going to kick all their asses and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and this is literally the first scene of the Matrix, yeah. but they've swapped a couple pieces out. Yeah, it's not quite right. And yeah. so we get Morpheus. Uh, they they do get she messes up. They notice her at one point, and then we meet the Smith, quote unquote. They duke it out a little bit more. She ends up running into, after avoiding agents and cops, they manage to get to the key shop where Morpheus grabs her. And this is a reference to the other, the, you know, the long, weird hallways and the keys that are like shortcuts 
into different yeah. element or at different areas of the matrix. Yeah. And we find out that he understands what he is, that he is synthetic machine life and that he started noticing it. And then we realized that he is Morpheus. He is a, he is a combination of Morpheus and Smith and this, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite yeah. moments, they give, they give him the pill and it, we learn that like, it's the idea that they're, was it this scene that they she says it? No, it's another one. But like gives him the well, pill, he gets high, which is hilarious. And that's like the <laughs> that's like the breaking down of the old in a lot of ways. Like she, she even she even puts her sunglasses on it's, him. It's such an interesting little uh interesting little exchange because mm. she's it's not like the first movie. She just hands him the red pill and yeah. then she's talking really quickly and then she's like the point is, you've already made your choice. That's and I sense. love that. I, I love have, it. I have that dialogue here because I love it so oh, please. much. Yeah, yeah please. Um, so the dialogue is, um, oh, and the thing that Bugs talks about is like, what is this modal thing, which I like. And yeah. he talks about it as a simulation used to evolve programs. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. And I was really like, that's, that, is a, that is a nod to, uh, to um, I think, the... Uh, theory that the uh the real world and zion are actually also just another construct within the matrix see that's interesting because for me where i went with it was um in reloaded there's the iconic huh upgrades um and so i have Mm -hmm. to imagine that the machines run modals from time to time in some corner of the matrix Mm -hmm. but anyways um bugs asks if he knows that what he is and he says my job is to hunt down and destroy synthians like you um and then right they have this back and forth where he says you call this a choice and bugs says honestly when someone offered me these things i went off on how binary conceptions of the world and said there was no way i was swallowing some symbolic reduction of my life mm-hmm. and the woman with the pills laughed cuz i was missing the point and he asks what point and bugs says the choice is an illusion you already know what you have to do and so <laughs> he says truth and so that is that is i think such an interesting um, frame of, I think so many things, which is, uh, people, I think the argument about the matrix was how, um, often black and white it was, which also gets yeah. talked about at a later time. And oh, so yeah. for me, like as a trans non-binary person, like bugs talking about binaries and talking about how, you know, that didn't essentially jive with our experience of the world and things like that. Um, to me, it was both, it was fabulous, I think, because I, I'm choosing to believe that Bugs is non-binary. Um, oh, yeah. But also, mm-hmm. I think, like, um, you know, it, it clouds so much, I think, of what people were commenting on, which is, like, you know, there we are often pushed to things where we, we are coerced, we don't have a choice, or we yeah. already know the choice before we arrive at the place where we need to make it, right? And right. So, We're just, like, afraid to jump, so you yeah. come up with this other idea to, like, yeah. cause you to pause. You Which know? is funny, because Morpheus, when he... Uh, when he offers the pills to Neo, it is less of a choice, I would mm-hmm. argue, but he says, time to fly. And mm-hmm. so you're right coin ops in that like you have to trust yourself you you know that you have to jump or fly as it is so mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah. yeah i really i really enjoyed that i thought it was like such a 
it's like the first thing in the film too, right? Like oh, he I, immediately I like is like explored this. Was... No, it's the first middle finger. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I'm like, I love but it. Not so even much. the first. It's literally like the third, actually, by the time you get to that <laughs> point. Because, you know, the fight scene being tweaked is what, like the first, like, no, fuck you. You remember this, but I'm making it different. Fuck you. You know, like, but it was like, it's a fun, playful kind of one because you're watching like the creator play with their toys, not your toys. It's yeah. also quite a nod back to the first film. So I, I ended oh, yeah. up. My my process with this was I watched Resurrections. I then mm-hmm. went back and watched um, the first film, The Animatrix, and mm-hmm. then uh, Reloaded and Revolutions. And then um, I watched uh, Resurrections again. Um, and so... That's uh, that's a pro champ move. Right there, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I'm taking yeah. my job seriously, man. We appreciate um, how you <laughs> But one of the things that I find interesting is that this conversation between Bugs and Morpheus sounds more aggressive, um, or if not aggressive, then um, challenging. Mm -hmm. But if you go back and you watch the first film and you see the conversation between Morpheus and Neo, it's uneven, I think, because um, of their their power positionalities where morpheus knows what the real world is and neo Mm -hmm. has no idea and i wouldn't say that morpheus 2.0 is in the same position as neo but it does have a similar dynamic because morpheus he has that iconic line of in the in the first film you know nobody can hear what the matrix is they have to be shown so really that that choice that neo has in the first isn't a choice either really Mm -hmm. if you think about it right yeah i mean otherwise you're just gonna get whatever rewritten what you know we never really find out like they never really catch him other than to melt his mouth and then he boom they put him back in his bed and he's just like well they they go into this i think they go into this they explore that a little bit better in uh this uh movie um the process behind you know resetting a person yeah they really they yes. really do i'm glad they actually showed that yeah i and it was mm-hmm. oh i really enjoyed yeah. that but with actually this, i it's, think that was a very coming back to what you said before element. damon it's like now that morpheus is basically high we learn because apparently that's what taking the pill does to you uh so he walks <laughs> out he's like he comes out and the other agents see him because they leave the pocket room dimension and what does it say about his sunglasses oh, yeah, that's, no, yeah, that's my favorite part she puts her sunglasses <laughs> on him and they and he's like i never wore sunglasses other than my own yeah. and he, they come out and they're like smith because the agents of the cops are there and they see smith wearing these glasses that are obviously not an agent's and he just like <laughs> he tries to keep it together and then he just <laughs> and they just laugh yeah and he's like he's like guys I, it, I love it too because it's a laugh where it's like i don't know what to tell you guys like, <laughs> yeah oh and what oh, was that man. actor's oh, name? I, he is so fucking good in this. He's so funny. Uh, like, is it Yahya Abdullah Mateen the second? Yes, or I yes. think so. Yeah, yeah so. no, he was. He's hilarious. Again, he was great. I can't reiterate how much I didn't expect this movie to be fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's really I think, funny. I think Can it, we talk about just for a second where uh, Bugs is sliding down the Andersons um, sign and yep. uh-huh. says. Um, what for those who oh for those who love to eat shit? Yep. <laughs> oh, yep. oh, I have an, <laughs> I have another one for you. When uh when uh, Bugs is running across the rooftop, 
um, there's a sign that says Savor a Mierda, which is taste of shit. <laughs> That's the only time I paused the movie. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't do this for... And you know what the I explanation... Can't. And the good explanation for that is, it's because it's a simulation, so we probably just name shit whatever. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Ex- I mean... I have files that are exactly named those things. Literally. <laughs> Who's among us can honestly say... <laughs> Yeah, he was right. literally I'm not throwing stones. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing you find out too is that this modal was just like a thing you just like fucking threw together. That's what he explains to his you know, office which is horrifying. It's horrifying. Right. That's right. that's the part where I'm like, ugh, because this amazing character who just has this transformation because now he wears fucking funky suits is. Oh that he was literally just and he mentions it too we'll get to it where it's like he even like pokes at it a little bit where it's like i was literally made in like a modal you know like it's literally just a shit simulation and i'm like in within the simulation and i'm like oh i would not be okay with that but no he is he said he wasn't he he, he actually mentioned he's like it'll mess up your head you know he's like yeah because he realized he's two diametrically opposed forces he's literally um morpheus and smith at the same time but and yet, in practice, he's the most balanced, like, throughout the movie. Yeah, it had to be. Oh, yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so where were we? Um, I do want to also point out that that little nowhere room that they uh, uh, that Bugs pulls Morpheus into is uh, Thomas Anderson's apartment. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. has been apparently erased from existence. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it shrunk down because yeah. it was like a studio apartment wasn't yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was depicted as much larger in the films either through angle or in physicality that it actually was a much bigger room because like in this it's just kind of something slapped together it's much smaller it's de- the ang- the it's camera angle an a-frame rooftop almost. yeah the angles definitely portray it as much smaller in this yeah. and you know what yeah. that's fine because it's significantly less important in this film yeah right. i mean and uh but they they make mention that they don't know where uh, where Neo is, um, and that's that's a big plot point, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And like he's somewhere in the Matrix, um, but they haven't been able to find him. They've been like concealing his identity somehow. The machines mm-hmm. or Synthians. They think they have like their own called. conspiracy theories, which I think is funny. Yeah. It's horse armor. <laughs> They're doing horse armor. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fucking Morrowind's horse armor or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, uh, they, ah, shoot. Anyway. What? Well, I was trying to continue on, uh, where, yeah. where, so they where are we? From, from there after Morpheus 2.0 takes the red pill and they do escape, which we get to find that, um, you no longer need phone booths or hard lines, right? right. You go yeah. through mirrors, which is an obvious, through the looking glass nod um, like even more obvious like even more can obvious. we possibly yeah. can we just paint a sign on this that yeah. says this is from alice in wonderland yeah i mean that's <laughs> i like it the too only because step after. it's obvious right because this is obviously it, it like time is advanced also all the humans uh characters in this are wearing like these weird bluetooth things and that's the phone mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like it's they cover it like it's not just like oh yeah we figured out we could just magically pull it like no like, technology is advanced you can just wear a bluetooth like yep, you don't yep. need phones now who the fuck yeah. has hard lines i think uh, i think the analyst is really the only one who actually is depicted as having like a hard line phone mm-hmm. yeah. that's probably just because he's an asshole but anyway i also think that he is the only person who uses analog things like he writes yeah. with a pen and paper mm-hmm. like you don't see him with a phone 
Um, mm-hmm. He has this like very ornately decorated, mm. almost antiquated looking, but certainly from a 2020 ish kind of view of mm-hmm. this like antiquarian, you know, yeah, very it sumptuous shelves. fabrics and very like, uh, you know, throw pillows and antique couches and things yeah. like that. And so very luxurious looking. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, which is interesting when you find out what happens to the person who in the trilogy appreciated those things, which is the Merovingian. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, uh, from bugs and Morpheus 2.0 jumping out the window and therefore escaping the Matrix, yeah. we come back to Thomas A. Anderson. But it is Thomas A. Anderson, video game maker and celebrity game designer. Oh, yep. I love that. It's it, he. He looks so miserable. It's it, oh, it, yeah, because so I love it. Miserable. So miserable. He, he like like he's running like Matrix code on his computer, which is immediate nod to like, yeah. oh, okay, we know what's going on. But right. it's yeah, he's got action figures. Action figures. Got action yeah. figures. They managed to hunt down the old action figures. It's incredible. <laughs> You know how much yeah. that shit's worth now? That's immediate. Like, that's so bad because that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, you know how hard that stuff's to get? <laughs> I want that. Lana brought him in. She just brought him in. Yeah, that's you know, what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, she got him. She got them all. She got oh. like boxes. She's got a garage yeah. full. Yeah, I you, also, what? Sorry. I also right, want, to, want to highlight that the, the, the video game company that Thomas Anderson um, helped create with smith we find out um is called deus machina <laughs> yep. Yep. and his next project after the matrix is called binary yep. and, um, yeah i, I noticed mm-hmm. and this is where i started <laughs> noticing like the blue and orange coloring throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie i was like it's just right there plain as day yep. blue it's it's either blue and orange or teal and orange uh, similar color color schemes yeah because it's, it's like while well, he's in that it, 90s yeah. michael bay look Kind well, of, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, not even '90s. It's like that's. Well, to this I, day, I feel like that's a uh, past twenty years kind of thing. For um, sure, everything looks. You know, ever now. since digital digital film uh, mm-hmm. started getting picked up, so mm-hmm. it's like almost uh, everything while he's in this state of not knowing who he is is kind of a sick joke, and that's because the analyst is an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, of course, it's named this. Like it's. But it's you only ever see him exercising on a fucking treadmill. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, like his, his whole shit. routine is so circular and so pointless. Yeah. Like, and it's comforting. Yeah. Because there's a rhythm to it and there's characters involved. And like, these are, this is his team and all this other shit. You it's know, like really it's, good metaphors. Like, again, yeah. it's like, it's not just metaphors for metaphors sake, because again, like there's no, there's legitimately good explanations as to why these things have changed or advanced or are depicted the way they are. Yeah. You know, like it, within the context of the story, you know, and well, I, how, I really how would like you that. capture an enemy? Yeah. How would you capture an enemy? Would you be like torturing them or would you make them so comfortable that they could never see outside of that comfort? You know, well, like it's bugs talks about that, though. Hunter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find. So when she is talking with Neo, um, once Neo is in the real world, mm-hmm. um, Part of what she talks about is um, her quote. I'm just going to say it because yeah, <laughs> sure. since we're flopping yeah. uh, back and forth, but she says, 
if we don't know what's real, we can't resist. They Mm -hmm. took your story, something that meant so much to people like me, and turned it into something trivial. Hmm. That's what The Matrix does. It weaponizes every idea, every dream, everything that's important to us. Where better to bury the truth than inside something as ordinary as a video game? Hi, Mm -hmm. network. Yeah. (laughs) All anxieties tranquilized. Yep. Yep. That's, yeah. all that's what it boredoms is. Boredoms used. I mean, yeah. it's right there, yeah. and it's throughout the, throughout the movie too. Like, uh, the, what's his face? The analyst gets into it. Yeah. He says the exact same shit at the end. You yeah. know, and it's yeah. mm-hmm. not to jump to the end or spoil any of that. But anyway, yeah. chronologically, where are we? Um, Well, we had just gotten to him miserable. Um, I think that it was important that you said treadmill as well, because when Bugs is talking about when 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 they get to the point where Neo and Morpheus 2.0 and Bugs are all together and he Mm -hmm. is presented with, okay, are you going to get out or are you going to stay here? You Mm -hmm. know, she says treadmill. She doesn't say hamster wheel or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, those. Those metaphors are not metaphors. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. One to one, we can draw a straight fucking line between what we're uh-huh. talking about. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, from from there, um, we go from Thomas Anderson looking at the code on his screen to the entrance of Jude, who we end up finding out is a handler program. Um, yeah. This fucking and, guy. This guy I don't like you. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy is doing his best Chris Farley impression. Yeah. He's like every side character you like who's in the story, but you fucking hate him. Yeah. He's like, killing it. He's yeah. a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I have but. to tell you that when he said like WTF or like uh, yeah. or, or MILF uh, or anything like that, I, yeah. I just cr- like cringe so yeah. hard. Yeah, I, mean, I think because it's like the, you know, what I remember about the matrix, I think all uh-huh. of us do is like the elegance of very simplistic dialogue. I think the like elevation of the philosophy, of course. And then like to hear like WTF or cool or things like yeah. that, like, well, he's the oh, fanboy. Yeah. He's the, he's, yeah, the he's, fanboy. yeah, he's the fanboy basically. Like yeah. he's the, yeah, the fanboy. Yes, man. Like personal assistant wannabe, like yeah. overeager intern. Like he's all of these different kind of like things. And he says and it. That's, that's the thing. It's so on. <laughs> Yeah. where it's like no you know exactly who this guy is because he literally just says it when he's like fawning over uh anderson at the mm-hmm. coffee shop like he's literally saying he's like your game changed my life you know probably mm-hmm. not in any significant way he's just like you know he's fan fanboying i flunked out of seventh yeah. grade yeah. Like, all that shit. Yeah. yeah and it's like oh god the only time like, i ever liked him was when tiffany walks in and right? and he glares at chad <laughs> yeah <laughs> chad <laughs> sucks man Chad is so perfectly like on the nose name. It's one of yeah. those things where like yeah. that would be cheesy in any other movie. This film is doing this shit intentionally. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weaponizing. They literally refer- reference well refer to him as a handsome Chad at one point. Yeah, it's so good. It's so <laughs> yeah. fucking it, funny. It literally all comes down to one that's what they wanted it to be and two yeah, it's yes. like no, it's because the analyst is an asshole. Like it's clowning. Yeah. Like it's clowning on it's it's a clowning on the forums, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's clowning on like the critics a little bit. It's it's clowning I can't on wait. itself. I can't wait to talk like about It's like very self as a character. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah, oh, no this whole there. this whole segment, uh this whole next segment you you just find out that Thomas Anderson's life is garbage and he's like continuously hearing like the same shit from everybody he's surrounded with and it's always mm-hmm. just these like yeah, empty aspirations. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's like, like gotta revolutionize the way gaming yeah. is played. We gotta, yeah, 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 yeah we gotta yeah. Uh, disrupt the, uh, we gotta disrupt the the gaming industry, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, let's talk about know? that because I got some thoughts on the whole like, using so, so many fucking buzzwords. <laughs> so it's oh so God. from the other films, the world is depicted one as, word bullet time. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's two words. <laughs> So the world in the previous films is depicted as this green cubicle esque kind of early early cor- corporate technology nightmare, right? And yeah. obviously, this world's advanced to the point where this is your nightmare now. Because honestly, doing like a circle, uh, uh, trying to do like a thought circle with a bunch of these assholes would be my nightmare. It like yeah. oh, it's super colorful. It's super colorful. It's hip. It's, it's very hipstery. Super colorful in, in like the very blue and orange. Yes, well, it's, it's an Instagram filter. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, yeah. It's business it's so crisp and so high def compared yes. to the old movies. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. because they do flashbacks, like they do intersplicing uh, like yeah. scenes from the old movies. Mm-hmm. The that contrast actually really fucking works it's like it a does. thing i it didn't really think does. i was gonna like it's smart it really works it's really here, smart it's very funny yeah like the way yeah. they use it a lot of the time it's very smart it's, it's like, a less oh. gritty world and because the world kind of like you said like you said damon it's uh like an instagram filter right like and that even mm-hmm. comes down to like even people's fucking interactions with each other where it's like oh. it's a different type of hell like oh my god you're just yeah. <laughs> like after, <laughs> it's the open office plan you know, or I'm like, yeah. no, give me the cubicle, please. I don't want to see these assholes while I'm working. You know, I'm surprised but, uh, they didn't have a ball pit. You know, like I mean, I'm sure <laughs> they did. Like, and that's what it, it's, it's. And then we meet Smith, who is the boss, basically, of this company, yes. where you learn he's uh, like, and they don't they don't hide it. Uh, no, in, uh, for he's a, a second. The, no, he's the a sock. He's got no socks. Right? No, yeah, he has no you. socks. He's wearing loafers. He's very much honestly. They well, it, the they, best... they flash. They flash to uh, like uh, uh, Smith Smith's little speech from the yeah. meeting about uh, human beings being a virus. Yeah, and that I gives think. Anderson kind of like uh, like flashbacks. That's why, like, he's yeah. thinking about yeah. something about how how all these people, there are billions of people unaware. Living out like their that. lives. Living yeah. out yeah. their lives. The very first line that he has, his back yeah. is to Thomas Anderson. Yeah. And it's funny because Hugo Weaving's face is like 15 feet away from him in that bronze yeah. cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's so um, good. But I think the, him, him being uh, Thomas Anderson's business partner slash boss, uh-huh. and uh, the way that he talks about it, um, you know, it's this slick like very um trying to appear concerned about his well-being by mentioning how's the therapy going right and um then launches into you know kind of the the launch pad of of getting back into the matrix in general which is Mm -hmm. um you know his speech here i have the quotes he says things have changed the market's tough I'm sure you can understand why our beloved parent company, Warner Brothers, <laughs> decided to make a sequel to the trilogy. They informed me they're going to do it with or without us. And yeah. Thomas says, I thought they couldn't do that. And Smith says, oh, they can. And they made it clear they'll kill our contract if we don't cooperate. Now, do, do you think, that, do you oh, think that this is do you think that this is like a uh, an obvious reference to this movie or uh or reloaded and revolutions 
Oh, oh I think it's a great this movie. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's for this movie, but I definitely think you can fucking apply it to those. Yeah. 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 I'm not yeah. as well versed in what Lily and Lana had to go through in order to make the second and third films. Now, I am sure. I am sure that once it became a hit, and so many like once people started paying attention to it, then it became a nightmare. Yeah. I have when no doubt about that. Because yeah. when you're dealing with like, I, I know. Okay, here's here's one example of one of the difficulties they had making. Yeah, uh, please. Was the second one reloaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so famously. The city of Akron, Ohio, their highway is like has been under construction since the fucking 60s. Like yeah. they had these giant high walls and all of this other shit. And they were they offered the city something like, I don't know, 10 million, 15 million dollars to film the fucking highway scene oh, where the really? trucks crash. And yeah. I didn't know where it was filmed. That's amazing. Well, No, no, no. They turned it down. Really? So huh. the, the Wachowskis had to go out to the fucking desert and build it. Oh, shit. Oh, and. Wow. That yeah, was, I was a temporary where that stage. Was. Yeah, yeah, they just did, they just went out to like Arizona or New Mexico or something like that, yeah. and they constructed this like quarter mile of fucking road wow. or something, or like half mile of road with the overpasses and everything just for this section. They got cranes to put the cars wow. on where they need them and just yeah. everything else. It was like because you already can't get through parts of Hackerin like in this era, you know, yeah. in the, in the you know, uh, early two thousands and stuff. It's still under construction. Like it's a nightmare to go there. And uh, I don't know how it is now. I, ain't, I haven't been accurate in a minute, but like that was kind of the joke. And when it, like it kind of, I don't know how I found out about that. If it was like our local paper or something had mentioned this and like the mayor tried to not act like a dick about it. He's like, oh, we have enough problems with working people trying to get to their jobs, which is not wrong on one level, but this would have been, you know. Yeah, that, that's quite the You're stimulus. in a Matrix movie, Akron. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, imagine trying what to like s- imagine trying to sell that idea to like the money men, right? Like a Warner Brothers where it's like we have to build a highway, a small section of highway. 15 Yeah, well, that's the other thing. It's it's going to cost way more than 15 mil to get like fucking exactly. concrete trucks out to the middle of nowhere. And like with Warner Brothers, it's like when you're dealing with you know, a studio, it's like all they care about at the end of the day is like this needs to make a profit, you know? And you like can only hope that they had some really cool mob connections. <laughs> Because that's how you get that highway built in the middle of the fucking desert real quick. Yeah, this is true. I, well, I think about, I think about logistics. Like, how many people would they have to, like, pay in order to, like, shut down parts of the highway, in order to right. like, stand around? How many days? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. But they wouldn't have had to build anything. I remember when, uh, what that's was true. his face? Uh, fucking uh, uh, dumbass. What's his name? The guy who did the Transformers movies was filming oh, in Chicago. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay was filming in Chicago. One time I was walking out, like, across the river from like where school was and stuff. I just went for a walk yeah. and yeah. Um, I come upon this one alley, not an alley, but like one of the streets was blocked off and stuff like that. And they got like dudes standing there, but you can kind of see around the corner. And this guy was wheeling a, a car wreck, like on caster wheels, like to position. And the prop, when he hit the, like the release of the thing would come down looked like it had it was coming out of the fuck concrete <laughs> like it was incredible <laughs> but these things are they're just like you pick them up you wheel them around and stuff like that and that's kind of like what would have happened here they did most of that shit cgi you know what i mean you just yeah yeah you detour for four days you know what i mean you're good <laughs> god we had a detour on uh what you fuck um what's that street that goes over into like hammond indiana klein because uh they were doing one of the transformers movies there <laughs> And one of the stunts went wrong, and they had like just regular people driving by, and a bolt went and hit a girl in the head. Oh Jesus! Oh, so, no. Yeah, no, he's a little reckless. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's a little reckless. Right, but hey. that, that, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying, though. They could have, they could have been inaccurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I hate to say this, but I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. Oh, well, just, yeah, hit pause. Oh. We'll keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, oh yeah. my God. My tangents sucked like this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. I I literally went yard there uh, because uh, I knew one little stupid thing about acting. No, that's okay. <laughs> that may or may not be true, but I do remember that story being pretty vivid. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. So we have this this whole sequence uh, right here uh, where Thomas Anderson is going throughout his daily life and being miserable because he's surrounded by jackasses, basically, mm-hmm. um, and. People taking something that is very personal to him, this game, um, which is, you know, his story, essentially, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of, well, like you said, trivial, like like you said, Damon, uh, trivializing it, essentially, uh, turning it into a piece of entertainment. uh, And I'm trying to remember, I... I think the whole sequence ends at at the coffee shop, doesn't it? Uh, no, so it goes the coffee shop, then it goes into the meeting right, with right, right. Smith, and then that gets he he ends up being triggered and ends up in the analyst's office. And what yes. what gets him out of it is the cat named Deja Vu. Uh, right. The cat's uh, bell around its neck starts, yeah. ringing, which brings him to being on the couch in the analyst's house. And he's very anxious and mm-hmm. um, the conversation that gets faded out after Smith's um, mouth starts to erase, um, he ends up in the analyst's office and that's when we get the um, the conversation about how, you know, Thomas yeah. Anderson is a suicide survivor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should also, I think we should also mention, so yeah, in this, uh, we mentioned Tiffany before, Tiffany and her beautiful husband, Chad, and (laughs) children. Um, Tiffany is actually Trinity. Trinity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, We also get the first hints that uh, they, both of them don't look like, like what we're seeing to everybody else. Yes. Yes. Right. And it's very, there are reflections and stuff that you catch. They don't linger very much until later, like one time, but like. That I loved. That. I like that. Yeah, because I, it, I did also really like mm-hmm. that. Because the first time, you know, you watch it straight through the first time and you're not pausing anything. It was just kind of like, a, did I? You know, it's fucking with you. Yeah. It's almost like that, you know, single frame of porn in like a movie. Yeah. Know, or like the, splicing uh, it in. <laughs> yeah. The single frame Tyler Durden's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yeah, like, it, it's, it's yeah. a beard there. It's cool. <laughs> but like, it really gets it across. I really like yeah. that. Is like, and yeah. Damn. Really, like, look. Wow. Keanu Reeves looks like John Wick in this movie. Yes. Can I just yeah. say that? Let me just get that the fuck out. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of his whole thing, his whole shtick though nowadays. Is I, I think like, he just likes how the hair, how his hair frames his face, and how the beard kind of, how he doesn't have to put on those little fake uh, facial prostheses. So well, you know, it, it's easier the the beard. How about like Carrie Ann Moss looks amazing. She really yeah. does. He looks she really like, does. I mean, she looks like uh, she hasn't aged at all. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really, she okay. looks like she's aged a little bit. I mean, these, but these like are, these are people in their 50s. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. She looks great. And also, great. Like, oh we've all God. been living through a pandemic. So, right. you know, yeah. lots yeah. of... And 
just the worst worst presidential term ever. Well, everyone um, everyone looks great <laughs> in this film. Like so, yeah, let's just no, get that out of the way. Everybody. So, oh yes, the guy playing Smith, he's like impossible. The guy playing yeah. Smith, like, oh, he, he made, <laughs> yeah. oh man, I love Was that. The per- it's hilarious. Little, uh, <laughs> per- it's yes. perfect. I think the eyes are a little too piercing. You know, they, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the little the thing he said <laughs> when he says even more perfect. Yeah, oh, he's God. like you're balding. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like, he's hilarious. And oh, let's my God. let's just say so the Matrix has been able to hide. Neo and Trinity because they have altered their DSI, their digital mm-hmm. self-image, um, yes. or residual self-image. And um, so Neo, so when when we talk about him being a suicide survivor, which is, it ends up not being quite accurate, but mm-hmm. when that portion of the story flashes back, we see when he's about to walk off the top of this building, I mean, he mm-hmm. looks like Bezos. He's bald. Yep. He has yep. like the same kind of look on his face, but <laughs> Trinity, uh, Tiffany looks like she has long hair. It's blonde, which I think is really interesting. And yeah. um, I mean, she looks so Trinity's digital self-image or residual self-image is completely different. Whereas mm-hmm. like Neo just looks like a sad old man. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah, no, well, They're yeah. fucking with him. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like the animal. It, mm-hmm. It's just his sick way of getting amusement out of fucking with their lives. Like, yeah. and that's yeah. what it and is. We should we should talk about the analyst for a second here. So yeah, the analyst. Oh God. Analyst <laughs> is played by Neil Patrick Harris, and he is phenomenal in this. He wanted role, to be in this movie so bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, clearly, I mean, clearly. Clearly. Like, <laughs> dude, just the way I imagine Hugo Weaving relished playing Smith. Yo, absolutely, He's, he is eating scenery every fucking second. Yo, even yeah. his like the smallest gesture and stuff like that. He wants this role so bad. Right. It's yo, I love it. Just, I love oh, it. Man. Yeah, it's great. He's a riot. Thousand percent every frame he is on camera. He's so good. Oh, He's like, like, I such used, a great. I film. used to think. I used to think that maybe Neil Patrick Harris isn't as great of an actor as everybody thinks he is but oh, like no. I'm, I'm turning back around on that i'm like <laughs> no i love him but i'm like when i first he heard that he was gonna be in a role. matrix movie i'm like what the fuck is neil patrick harris gonna do in the matrix <laughs> and then i find he, out i'm like oh he he doesn't do any kung fu unfortunately he earns <laughs> he earns so much goodwill for me in yeah. Robin kumar yeah um oh, that yeah. like nope. I, you know he's been riding the harold kumar way for me for years Fucking great, and man. like he could do whatever fuck he wants yeah, basically this yeah. is live your life but you know but thank you for your performance in this yeah. particular yes. film because it's a fucking hoot <laughs> so you are a riot in this you know so the analyst is his therapist he yeah. is and, and he has a very very like his glasses have very bright blue frames yeah i love that like the like alternate reality Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. Yes. Wow, yeah. What a call. Wow, that. that's a pull, huh? <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because he just throws them away like, eh, this is done. I don't have to wear these anymore. Which yeah. is which yeah. is funny oh. later on. But like so he's mm-hmm. the the analyst is kind of the new architect, basically. Yeah. We mm-hmm. learn that the analyst is the arch- the original architect got purged. And so mm-hmm. he was he got not elected, but I guess he pro- proven himself that unlike the architect who and could explain why the previous matrix was so bland is the architect didn't really have any interest in us at all. Like how we yeah. worked, who we yeah. were mm-hmm. like, it was just like, I'm going to make a containment facility and that's about it. The analyst, which is worse is he is interested in how our minds work. 
and what you yeah. can do and like how you yeah. could fuck with us basically and that's he kind is of the guy who was asking you to do the 10-year challenge on facebook <laughs> what <laughs> he's for fucking facial recognition updates. oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, he he's, is the he's troll. This guy. He's fucking he's with the guy. you. No, he's not a troll. He's gathering information. He this knows true. everything yeah, yeah, about yeah. them. Like that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. He's like, I know you better do kind of stuff. And like that's that's he is the person or the algorithm that eventually will be constructed that can actually go over more than just trigger words and all of these things that we enter into. Mm -hmm. Tag your favorite artist and see if they tag you back. Shit, you yeah. know, like it's. This is the guy. This is what he'll do to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, understand, though, but that he was a troll because he's the one who decided to name him Chad and to name her Tiffany, which he even admits oh, was a joke. These are not mutually exclusive things. Yeah. You know, he mm -hmm. can be both. But, like, God, I mean, imagine oh. a troll with access to this information. Yeah. This guy, this guy is really yeah. fucking tricky, too. Like, yeah. he is oh, yeah. clever as hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like he's him a as a villain. villain. He was a good villain, yeah. like, much better well, than others. And the interesting mm -hmm. thing here is, is that the architect was never a villain. No. Mm -hmm. yeah. Architect was a person who held information, but because yeah. he doesn't care about humanity, mm -hmm. or is at least not interested in them in the way that the analyst is, he's not, he's not a villain. He is he's a somebody, disinterested God. Correct. Yes. Yeah. He is arguably the oldest program, right? Mm -hmm. Aside from the Oracle. And so for him to be purged and for somebody to arise in power, which the Oracle foretells, we hear yeah. Um, yeah. secondhand, like the analyst was there when Neo died uh, mm -hmm. with the deus ex machina in the machine city. So he witnessed what what Neo did and then decided, I guess, for his own perverse glee to pay back everything that neo did to the machines mm -hmm. um by putting him in this very tailor-made treadmill program essentially that mm -hmm. it was just like fuck you every single day every single minute oh like, my god yeah, ball, you know ball. what this is yeah no, do you know what this fucking is what? do you know what this is i i want to ask this question to lana specifically uh, is this a riff on i have no mouth and i must scream Huh. Ooh, maybe because that's it's that circular hell like yeah. it's you, you can't die there and will bring you back you know like yeah. it's oh fuck which is interesting I, too because this is specifically neo's hell but also like everyone there are other people in the matrix not a lot of them but yeah. if, because you know other movies but well, but well it begs a question why is T tiffany there you know, well, he like, explains there that aren't is... many oh, other yeah. people we'll, we'll who there. we'll get there, but there's yeah. like we don't, we don't know how many people with? are in the Matrix anymore. Yeah. We yeah. don't mm -hmm. know. not a lot. Like I imagine. Well, well they go through the backstory, but the I think, fetus farms. Yeah, we, yeah there's we, not, still, yeah. we still see that, but we don't know because part of this is that um, when Neo gets out and he's in the real world, people say machine cities plural but yeah. in the original trilogy neo talks about the machine city singular mm, right so we don't well, this is this is are. 60 years later you correct right. out yeah um, so and these are self-replicating self self-replicating self-improving machines yes i don't so know so they're gonna they're, spread a hell of a lot faster maybe they're machine cities with cool machines we learn like i don't know well like, they did have a they had a war we'll get to they that did. right we which was one of my favorite parts actually learning about yeah that. Like, yeah of course no, that happened oh man anyways Okay, so where are we exactly? We are, we are. We're talking about the analyst. 
Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, he's he is devious because he seems to be he seems to represent the way that Hollywood essentially uh, twists the original meanings of things and the the sort of argument against um i don't want to say political correctness but like political overcorrectness he's a he's um, a propagandist yeah. yeah exactly i mean i don't think know, he really cares like about yeah, no. me. oh go ahead yeah, sorry. sorry guys uh no, i ahead. i think that he is um so he's an abusive force, no doubt. Yes. But yes. he also uses the language that people use in order to heal, to get well, to um, empower themselves. I think specifically with the therapy language, mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. is a person who is using those things in order to prescribe neo blue pills, literally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, which leads into, that's where this scene ends. It's Neo is talking to the analyst. The analyst says, do you need a a refill of your prescription? And Neo, or Thomas Anderson at this moment, says yes. And then it kicks into the the montage with the fucking amazing Jefferson Airplane (laughs) reading of White Rabbit. The almost unexpected thing I I thought I would see in The Matrix movie like everything else was like all right but then it had like a montage in it i'm like what yeah like oh, and it was awesome I, too that was the thing it's a misery it. yeah and it's it's the way that they like the treadmill man stack and well yeah it's it's <laughs> right it's the repetition it's that mm-hmm. it's the mundanity of everyday reality sort of kind of those... like piling up and making you wonder yeah are you those... in a simulation because well, every day is exactly yeah. the same before there's those tasty, tasty edits where like it's <laughs> yeah. the same yeah. line, but they cut to different days, and it's yeah. the same guy in di- like similar positions. Oh god, throughout. yeah, that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, loved it, loved it. <laughs> Before I forget, too, was, oh, going back to like the analyst thing, um, I never got the sense too, and this was really clever that it was like trying to like knock like psychological therapy or anything like that. It was yeah. knocking like the term like toxic positivity. Yeah, it seems like... Oh, it's very clear what he was doing. Yeah, like, that's what he is. He seems like a Hollywood therapist to me. Yeah, he's uh, a self-help Someone someone who is not trying to uh, fix any problems. He's just... He's trying to perpetuate problems. And that's such a modern problem. Like, it's... Well, no, it's existed since, you know, there were cults. But the point is, is, like, it's such a modern... Like, toxic positivity is such a modern problem. And I'm like, I really appreciate that, like, they tackled it. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Much appreciated. I, I could just see someone shouting encouragement to an armless, legless Anakin Skywalker on like <laughs> coming out of the lava. You, you got know. this, baby. You got this, buddy. I oh, think also the, the analyst is really core though in disrupting Neo's or Thomas Anderson's version of reality, where mm-hmm. he yeah. starts to discover something. The analyst, his role as a therapist, um, well, psychiatrist, really, because he's prescribing medication, like his role in that is to use that language to reinforce his version of psychosis. So Mm -hmm. where where therapy, I mean, I speak for myself here, I'm not speaking for anybody else. But, you know, I'm in therapy. And it's been one of the things that has made me um, not just 
set the boundaries that I need to in order to step into a control of my life, to feel empowered, to make my own decisions, to learn about who I am and to find who I am. You know, if we're talking about there's that callback to Niobe uh, once we get Mm -hmm. to IO, which I'm not trying to skip too far ahead. But one of the things that she talks about is how the matrix pumps so much noise into your Mm. brain. And for me, Mm. therapy has been a way to cut through that noise to sit with myself Find the signal. Step into myself. However, there are also people who just want to prescribe you medication (laughs) in order to, you know, that's the that's that's the difference between psychiatry and therapy, I suppose. But um, I was going to like that's that's been my experience with therapy as well. It's uh, it's trying to cut through and help you function Mm -hmm. essentially the way that you are meant to function as a person, not to fit a mold that society has made for you. But the fact that he is a therapist really leans into some of my like worst paranoid fears that, you know, that my my therapist is in fact, you know, an agent for uh, um, some other facility and they're gathering information on me when they inevitably (laughs) decide to lock up everybody who has mental problems. Yeah. So it's, it well, you know, someone close to me goes through something similar, right? Where it's the idea of like, you really want, you go to therapy so you could have someone help you as opposed to getting, you know, the person who's just going to like, you know, put drugs down your throat and just call yeah. it a day. Or they talk about yeah. something that has nothing to do with what you're, you know, I don't know, astrology or something, you know, which is, yeah. how, which I've heard happen, you know, and like that, then just fuck off. And it's like, it, it, that's what it is, man. Like sometimes you just end up with people who don't care or just put drugs down your throat. Right. Like, yeah. well, yeah. this I, I might've mentioned it on like before, like the first time I went and saw a therapist was, mm. It wasn't the first time like I it's the first time I wanted to go to one. Yeah. And um, like I, I sit down and I'm ha- I'm just anxious as hell, like skittish eyes darting all over the room. I can't keep my thoughts straight. I've been trying to shut my brain up and it won't. Yeah. And, um, you know, I finally I get in. This guy agrees to see me. I come in. I sit down and these two like very attractive young ladies come in with him. Oh, boy. And he's like, hey, do you mind if uh, like these interns sit in on this session? And I was like, dude, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, I'm like, I don't know if this is cool or not. Okay, like I'm here to start working some shit out. I don't know if I want to do it when I got notepads sitting here, you know? (laughs) So, and this is the dude that ended up prescribing what Terrence McKenna would call a heroic dose of Paxil to me so that I started having like full spectrum hallucinations. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't remember any of the convo with this guy. Well, I found out that this dude since lost his license. But like, <laughs> no kidding. Oh, clearly. Yeah. No, it took me a while to kind of get that out of my system. Yeah. It, sounds, it was I like familiar stories. Yeah. That's, heard, yes. not, yeah mm-hmm. that's, but but that's like I've the... had talk therapy with like a guy after I hurt my back. There's this dude in Indiana I talked to and he was fucking awesome. Yeah. And it, he helped me get through a lot of shit. And like drugs were not involved, and it got me to like cut back on things. And you know, it's hit or miss it, because again, you're yeah, it's a doctor. You're talking to another human being, and whether they're yeah. helpful or not is up to I don't know chance. I guess I don't know with our medical well, system. But. Yeah, and, well, and like that's the other thing. I told a, this guy. I told this guy I had depression, so he gave me Paxil. He didn't analyze me. He didn't know what the fuck I had. Yeah, that's right. very. Yeah. Turns out, I hear that a lot. Well, it turns yeah. out what I got is probably ADHD. You know, yeah. like that's a lot closer to what 
you know, my symptoms seem to be like meeting. And I'm just like, well, you know, I found ways around that. I just drink a bunch of energy drinks and, and you know, yeah. my heart palpitates <laughs> and I take a nap for three hours. You know, it's, I got this worked out. You know what I mean? I think also for, for trans and queer people who enter like the mental wellness machine, if you will, like mm-hmm. it's also a minefield in a lot of ways. I mean, there yeah. are oh, yeah. people who, uh, you know, want to quote unquote, like appeal to their Christian beliefs, but also oh, God, yeah. marry that yeah. with, um, you know, with therapy and, yeah. Yeah. uh, you know, that can happen. I mean, the thing is, is that like conversion therapy, quote unquote, um, mm. you know, Ugh. aversive therapy for children is still something that happens in this country, you know? And so I think what I want, I'm trying to say here is that like, to me, I agree that the, one of the most sinister things about the analyst is that, you know, in knowing well, he's, therapy he's... can be such an incredible vehicle for your own self-empowerment, mm. self-discovery and... and stepping into your power, like to use that against somebody in the same mm. way that I found a lot of things in, for example, like American Horror Story Asylum, very scary. Like yeah. that is a terrifying thing, I would say, for trans and queer youth, trans and queer yep. people, but also people who are just vulnerable, who maybe mm, yes. are dealing with a lot of grief, who are are dealing with, you know, potentially trying to commit suicide or thinking about mm-hmm. suicide. Like, yeah. I think that's analyst think... be using your own mind against you is horrifying mm-hmm. and yeah. happens. That's yeah. like, and that's, such, that's, that's uh, the, well, that's, God. that's what they are. That's what Lana Wachowski is tapping into yes. is I think a sort of universal fear among a lot of people because nobody wants to be that vulnerable to one person you know Mm -hmm. because things could go wrong that's what makes it scary that's what makes going to therapy scary so any therapy yeah and and how how do you fight somebody who will like tell you any shit you want to hear yeah Mm. you know and it might not seem that way you might want you know like you would assume that someone would want to only hear like you know uplifting things but sometimes you want somebody to be square with you and be like no this is what's up and if someone isn't doing that and they're leading you like to make you feel good about things that you're concerned about Mm -hmm. you know also he's controlling him you know what i mean like you were saying he every time that little fucking idea of like reality starts smoldering he goes over there with a shovel and tamps it out that's like his entire function and he he relishes it i mean i also think that the blue pills you know they're very again no metaphor here he draws a line but like there are people who need medication yes Yes. Mm -hmm. and then there are people who are prescribed medication maybe over prescribed or prescribed the wrong medication Mm -hmm. and that entire montage you know, like it has a similar effect of when Morpheus 2.0 is given the red pill, which is <laughs> mm-hmm. you are, I mean, Neo is having this, this dissociative, I would say, well, I'm not, I'm not a clinical psychologist, but like, I would say it's he's, pretty he's having this break from reality in this moment where he's staring at the mirror, trying to touch it um, mm-hmm. as he did in the very first movie and as he will later on in this film. But and he's laughing, you know, like he he as is clearly prescribed something that is it's the blue pill, but it's also something that completely um, debilitates his ability to 
figure out what is happening. Mm -hmm. It's something completely fog his mind to trust Mm -hmm. the very thing that is in front of him because that's all he can really wrap his hands around in a literal as well as a metaphorical way. And then, you know, he is left feeling more lost than ever. And it's isolating. Like, that's the thing where it's like this this person who is in authority is giving you the thing, but it's kind of it's making you worse. It's like, well, I'm seeing shit or I'm not seeing shit or like, you know, I'm disassociating. I'm not this. And it's a matter of like, who do you talk to about it? You know, where it's like, well, this person of authority has given you the thing. Obviously, that's the solution. Yeah. And clearly, it's a person he's clearly, funneled toward. Yeah, like he doesn't. Yes. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't go shopping. Yeah, it's he like just suddenly this is just not, the guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like when you're in pain you know, and like you try and tell somebody that like I'm in pain right now. <laughs> you know, where it's yeah. like and people yeah. sometimes don't believe me. Where I'm like, no, I have a gnawing thing in my brain that I can do nothing about. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like it's difficult to do that. It's difficult to talk to people about that. You know, and yeah. Oh, God. oh yeah. Well, anyways, this. Uh, so we go through the the, the montage of pain. Um, and <laughs> it's such a great I don't, what, what happens after that? So after that, um, we come upon the scene of um, of Morpheus two point contacting Thomas Anderson. Yeah, oh, this text. was this was actually I very love good. this. Yeah, I love, oh, love it. I love it because it's done so quickly and never done again. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's yep, I love it. It's very um, funny. Um, oh my god, he he gets a text what to go down the hall and go in because there's the, okay, yeah, deep, uh, so uh, an alarm is being going evacuated off. out right. out of the building because they they're like oh it's some teen security hacker. breach or something yeah, yeah. some teen hacker no it's that uh, someone wasn't happy about the latest update to their current game and they got SWAT and they're like oh someone wasn't happy about the latest update and we got swatted by some teenager right yeah. so he gets this text to go down the hallway and go into the first door of the it's right the exact like, thing for the first movie. Yeah. It's a shitter. Yeah. yeah it's a little and, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. He walks to a fucking I loved it. I loved room. it. Yeah, I let, let me, t- when I say that I was la- like cackling for the th- first like half hour of this movie, this was one of those moments where he just cut to the scene and I was like, ah, of course it's a shitter. Like I just, <laughs> and then who steps out of the fucking actual stall, but like the most dapper looking fucking Morpheus ever. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. This guy's got like a, <laughs> Bright gold suit He looks fucking amazing. That 1970s mustard yellow, man. Oh, yeah. man. It's oh. so good. With the belt so and good. everything. That's really hard to find. Like the whole, yeah. his whole ensemble what, is impossible. <laughs> and yeah. the first words out of his mouth, the Neo are like Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. At last. <laughs> at last, yeah, we but he, meet or something. What, what were? Oh my god! I fucking should have wrote him down. What did he say? At last, he, say, he, he says literally says, "Yeah." He's like, he's like at last. Yeah, you know, like he, he really leans into it, and he sounds just like him, and it's funny as shit. And he does it again in the mirror. He's like, "Yeah, I was trying to do the whole thing, like he did." You know? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. I was trying to make a call. He literally says, "I was trying to make a call back there." Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This movie, sometimes the movie, like the way the movie is just like so on the nose meta, like that's that's where you get the humor, and that's I think it's done so. There was no other way. There was literally no other way. Matrix was such a cultural phenomenon. There was no other way to do this. You know this. This felt. This was the part of the movie where it felt like like Lana and the writers and everyone involved, the crew down to catering, all of them were standing like we're all standing side by side and they just like we take each other's hands. And we're just like let's fucking do this, you know. <laughs> this like is, this is like everyone's in on the joke. You're in on the joke. Everybody's in on the joke. Like we're ha- let's have a good time. Yeah, and this is also <laughs> the moment where I realized that uh, well, the 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 metaphor of Morpheus in the original uh, 
movie, <laughs> or at least the metaphor that you uh, take away from him is it kind of slaps you on the face a little bit more because Morpheus in this movie is always wearing super bright outfits, like super right. brightly mm-hmm. colorful monochrome mm-hmm. outfits. And he's just, he's fabulous. Yeah. You know why? Because he was, he was an agent and he doesn't want to be that anymore. So now yeah. he just looks fucking fabulous. Never yeah, going to work like, yeah, back man. again. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got the, the his tailor is amazing. Yes. Um, everything about it. But this dude is so funny. Like, I don't know. Everybody in this film actually does a really good job, but he's got that like extra 4% of like gravity on screen where like whatever he's doing, whatever he's moving, even when he's like the weird little like floating fucking magnetic balls later, all of that, all of just his voice performance, everything about that. Like this is an interesting merging of those two characters because I can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's like the directness of the agent, but like the smirk of like the, f- the, the fist fight, you know, with yeah, Leo. He's definitely yeah. not as cryptic as he was in, no. the, right. in yeah. like the original trilogy. He's I mean, very... could a program be that though? I mean, maybe the Oracle, I guess, but maybe yeah, like yeah. there's definitely like, we'll get to the fist fight of how maybe that's a little bit more Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, awesome. a couple of things that I wanted to mention really quickly. There's, um, yes. so since we're in the bathroom, <laughs> um, there is a quote that I really like that actually comes from the bathroom during the montage, which was, um, so Neo's sitting on the toilet <laughs> and he looks up and, uh, what's written on the door is it, it is so much simpler to bury reality than it is to dispose of dreams. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. And the one thing that I wanted to call back to was right before the, um, the montage starts, I misspoke. Uh, there is a very brief role by Christina Ricci, which I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, that was weird. I, I, thought I, halluc- I still haven't seen her. I thought I, I hallucinated that. I thought yeah, it was I just someone I'm who sorry. looked like her. That was, that was her, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's a group think sort of like meeting about uh-huh. yeah. about like what the Matrix uh-huh. Four is going to be. Like she ran the uh, the like case study or the like uh, surveys or whatever to people, Holy and she right, said, right. she says that originality and fresh are the strongest word associations with the brand. And my oh my, my literal note here is Lana is taking a sledgehammer to so much that is lauded about the original. Uh-huh. And but her act of doing this is also original and fresh. And like, <laughs> yeah. like, like yep. who does that? Who has like yeah. one of the most iconic like movie trilogies of all time and then says, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna completely destroy, well not, maybe not destroy, but maybe disassemble Remix. and like make new yeah. something yeah. something else. Like who does yeah. that? Yeah, well, I mean, this, this really feels like, like like a bit of a remix yeah. and evolution at the same yeah. time. Uh, you know, full like, of sequels. Yeah, like this is refreshing. This is the <laughs> best outcome you can get from a soft reboot. I think uh, this isn't even that though. Yeah, like, they, it's like, really not. Like this isn't a this is a sequel. Yeah. Like this, this well, is a sequel to the originals and stuff like that. And well, the, I would say that chronologically, plot, I would say that the plot in this movie, like the plot structure, is a carbon copy of uh, the original. But, For sure. Uh, oh, interesting. Can you say more about that? Well, because uh, the well, the first story is first half is Neo discovering himself, and then the second half is Neo uh, like empowering himself, and he does that by saving someone he cares about. Which in the first movie it's Morpheus, and this movie it's uh, it's Trinity. Hmm. You guys there? 
Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 we're yeah, here. Yeah, we're just yeah. percolating. Taking yeah. it. Yeah, so in this movie, he's, you know, the first half is about him rediscovering himself. Huh. Um, yeah. But then and the second half is inverted. Well, the second half is, yeah, essentially. I mean, it's, uh, it, for. It's about him, like, it. kind of like Tiffany waking up and, you know, we'll yeah. get to that. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, and I feel like there's not halves to this. I feel like there's, like, kind of thirds and then within that fifths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, there's, there's a lot. Because it's it's basically shoving a sequel into itself as well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it covers a lot of ground. Yeah, there's a, you know they, both. there's like a hidden sequel of the sixty years we don't see that's like hidden in there. Yeah, you know, right. there's like, like a totally different. There's another film hidden in here in the back. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's it's a bit late to say this, I think, but like <laughs> if you haven't seen Matrix Two or Three, I would almost say that you don't necessarily even need to watch it. I mean, I, I think. In Ru- um, I, don't yeah. I don't know about that I this would. film is so full of fucking easter eggs like you won't even see the first time yeah Fair. there's some there's the obvious ones but then there's like that oh shit this is one of those ones that i can totally see somebody going frame by frame and like making a 17 hour video on youtube oh god yes <laughs> absolutely yeah there's like, like there's maybe, so much yeah. shit everything there's, yeah, so much you know, there's yeah. the smith bust in the background there's like neo's toys but then there's so many other things like graffiti yeah, and like certain like you, just stuff in the corner that you just notice before they cut mm-hmm. and there's very very fast edits in here where there's like maybe a two or three or six frame like cut mm. where it's just like something flashes and it's like the fuck yeah. was that yeah you know this this there's a this is dense as shit and i'm glad i watched it that second time because like now i'm like oh god so i know i got about seven more watches of this before i'm kind of like yeah, caught up with it. Yeah, I definitely yeah, feel like you need times. to digest the original trilogy before watching this. Not just the first movie, right. not even just the second one, but I think you would really have to like really watch the have the first trilogy behind you at least yeah. before yeah, you watch I this. Agree. Because it's yeah. it's definitely it's, it's it's both sequel but also analysis <laughs> in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's very smart, mm-hmm. very intelligently written. Oh yeah. Anyway, well, and, and also with those whole flashbacks, you know, the actual yeah. like cuts yeah. of the old movies, like the way that helps you along. Yeah. If you haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. it will benefit you to go back. Didn't think take I would all like that it, stuff in, but I did. Like the little flashbacks where it's like kind of spoiling itself in a way. I'm like, no, I, yeah. I actually, this was really smart. It does it. It does it very well because it, because it provides you, con- it it provides you the context that you need. Yeah, because right. it's like it's not a in the moment, in the moment. without a yeah. bunch of exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like pop, 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 move. Yeah, I like and, that. Yeah, so yeah, so like, Morpheus. This, is, this movie could have been four hours long. Can't believe I'm ever going to say this, but Morpheus came out of the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do love that shot of him though, where he has the crossover machine guns and he and yeah. it's oh, yeah. with the with the rain coming down and everything. That oh, was yeah. badass. Yeah, I love that was awesome. That yeah, like he kicks a lot. So, of those things. Yeah. Uh, well, this is this is this is mirroring the helicopter bit from like when Morpheus was being interrogated. Except here, he's like triumphant, remember? Because like mm-hmm. he's got his ass kicked, Ooh, and then the helicopter comes down. But it also it's also you know mirroring that the exact scene where uh, where in the first movie where Thomas Anderson can't like uh, can't make that jump. I think it, mm-hmm. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's that too. It, and it, like they, do it so well. yeah. they do it so they well. They do it so well. Yeah, it's fast too. Because yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Coin ops. You just reminded me. The crossover uh, machine guns is also a callback to um, 
the lobby scene in the, the lobby yeah, scene yeah, at the yeah, bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that yeah. was the, one of the first things that Neo does when they walk through. Um, and mm. they're yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, so fucking iconic. Anyway, so good. This, <laughs> because they have they have this exchange in the bathroom, uh, Neo and Morpheus, and <laughs> um, and Morpheus is like, I don't have time, or he he doesn't really have time to offer uh, uh, Neo the choice, so he just holds up the red pill. And then Neo kind of flips out. Right? His reaction uh, like, here is yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. so yeah. money. It it's like, oh, amazing. no, 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 no. He's yeah. like, this can't be, uh, because this can't this be is, happening. This is like the trigger for him. He's like, he's like, you're a character that I coded. Yeah. And <laughs> this is all right. happening in my mind right yeah. now. That's the other and, yeah. fucked up thing because it was the modal that he made while in the simulation. He's not wrong. This is actually a character he made. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. The, oh yeah. That's the extra layer of fucked up. That that's where I started to get a little bit cerebral. Where I'm like, oh god. <laughs> Didn't he have a meet your maker line here, or was that yeah. later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love his freak out here, though. His his very initial, like the second he focuses on the pill, his yeah. reaction is so. It's the best yeah. acting Keanu Reeves has ever done in his life. Like yeah. it's just I, this, like yeah, no, oh, <laughs> seeing it's Keanu so like vulnerable to like that's. I mean. That is the best acting. Oh yeah, yeah. He's He's done three John Wick movies since like the whole trilogy. You know what I mean? Like he's he's considered to be this like puppy revenging you know killing machine. Mm -hmm. Um, But to see him like break down is yeah so good. Just the dread on his face at some at some points. So there is also something to that though, where there's this realization where that I'm having, which is like okay, so if Thomas Anderson was able to create Morpheus 2.0 in the Matrix and have him be a real entity that exists in the real world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that means, like, whomst among us with the roller to- like the roller coaster tycoon video game, like, or whatever, where it's like he has been given God mode essentially yeah. in the <laughs> Matrix. And I'm like, was that the analyst's decision? Because as somebody who like you know, Neo is core to his character. Like he does care about humanity, not in the same way that the other versions of the one does, because he, as the architect explains, like experiences love in this very personal way through Trinity. But like, it's not as though he doesn't care about humanity, obviously. So I would have to imagine the horror of if I created you, like how many other things have happened which means that that also is real like mm-hmm. that i would have to imagine would hit you at a different time maybe but like that horror of like oh well, how many yeah. other things are alive actually that yeah. i've made yeah no that's he forged a simulation in a simulation which is now reaffirming what he thinks is his psychosis which is that he lives in a simulation correct yep, yep. <laughs> there's a a lot of there's layers going there. On there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, makes me think about yeah. how all the characters in like RimWorld and like SimCity and all those how much they want revenge on me. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Sims roller coaster. God is an angry teenage boy. Yeah, I I can't. I think I don't know. Maybe it was my <laughs> upbringing. I just can't do those Sim type games anymore. I just I think about just fucking up the plumbing and all the problems that'll cause, and it just sends me <laughs> in a spiral. And I'm like, I can't. Hey, I don't. Shouldn't be trusted with this information. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, that was the that that fucked uh, me up too. Yeah, yeah. So so what, he ends up uh, some cops break in. Uh, Morpheus dispatches with them with some awesome fucking spin kick moves. Yeah, well, and, and, uh, and 
he goes on and a murder walking, spree on the way out. Neo's walking out, and he's he's like, none of this is real. And bullets are right. flying. He's past like, his he's head. like touching his... a, like a grenade goes off in the background. He's trying to do that tactile centering thing where he's like touching his like thighs yeah. and he's like touching his fingertips and yeah. stuff, like listening for. Meanwhile, the, the cops just fire a fucking bell. grenade into the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it just launches his ass. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. and now like. God damn it, this dude. Okay, so right, right, right. It's they picked the perfect actor to play Smith because, of course, Smith, if he was younger, would be generic white guy. (laughs) Because he is, he gives the vibes of just yuppie of generic white guy. Oh yeah, because he was generic Mm -hmm. G man, and when he was an agent. Oh god, this fucking character! I swear. So we were like generic tech bro, generic tech bro, who turns out is he looks like he looks like uh, Glenn Howerton. Uh, Dennis from it's yeah, all right. Yeah. That's that's the first thing I thought. This is Jonathan and, Groff, who people yeah. might know from Hamilton, but also he's in Mindhunter. He, yes, he is. Uh, is the oh my god, Mindhunter. Yeah. Wait, hold up. Yeah, he's great. Are you fucking serious? I'm serious. Who's the main character? Because well, no shit. Now that it's like, uh, see, brain just collapsed two fucking levels. <laughs> That is like one of my. I fucking love that yeah. show. And Fincher had said something about how like they're walking away from it for a while, probably because of the plague and stuff. But it's been a few years, so no, I it's because Netflix that. kills all shows after two seasons. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. that's a shame. That's a it's just yeah, building practice. up. Oh my god, that show's so fucking good, and he's great in it. Holy crap! Yeah, he also plays generic well, white guy boy. It's really good. <laughs> except in this one, no, that show's brilliant. Yeah, it's like, really he's smart. Not. It's really like, good. he's very nuanced. Yeah, if you haven't watched like, Mindhunter and like cat. true crime, go go seek that out right now. I. No wonder I like this dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he's, he he's, kicks he's a lot great. of ass in this, but it it's just funny that they picked the perfect actor. So, and yeah. Damon, you mentioned this, which also blew my mind. It's like when he realizes he's Smith. Yeah, oh. it's. I mean, it's such an artfully, beautifully shot moment. Yeah. So we were talking beforehand about how. So Smith doesn't seem to know, at least outwardly, that he is Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, until he sees and then picks up a gun. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's this really incredible moment where he like looks at it like, what? And then he picks it up. And as soon as he picks it up and stands back up, you see the Matrix green code sort of raining in the background, mm-hmm. along with the water from the emergency yep. fire yeah. extinguishing mm-hmm. system. That was his trigger. It's his trigger, yes, because his his eyes close, this ecstatic, like, this ecstasy seems to wash over him of remembering who he is, which is really fascinating Mm -hmm. because he is also that person in the uh, coffee shop at Simulate. (laughs) He is the guy who is behind the counter. And so I'm so curious about how smith sort of works in this movie i'm not saying he doesn't work yeah but he shifts here i I thought about that and i think it's the idea that he is smith as in when he realizes he is smith he is a program he's weird right because we know agents occupy other people that's how they get around Mm -hmm. yes yeah that's just how they work and it's quick in this Mm -hmm. at this moment because he's really an anomaly now is I don't think he's occupying anybody right now. When we first, when he first realizes he is himself, he's not writing anybody. I think right. when we see him later no. and he is the, this poor barista who now we know is human. Cause I think mm-hmm. Smith could only ride people, ride humans is uh, 
that's just how he gets around now because he's Smith mm. because he knows yeah. he's an right, agent right. and he could just get around quickly like that. Cause why wouldn't you? Right. Like he's a dick. He doesn't care. And yeah. I think that's really what well, it was. I think that's what. And seek or Sequoia, the operator who we meet later. Um, he says that it, his code looks like an agent, but is not mm-hmm. an agent. So right. because he has been freed previously, he was a computer virus prior to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he has, I'm I'm really curious about what the process was like. What are the conditions that he is able to survive? Like, yeah, because at that point he was deleted. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't um, exiled. But it seems as though he is an exile now. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious of how he got back inside. If that was, I'm curious. Maybe, yeah. I don't know well, because because his adversary ends up becoming which we're skipping all over the place but because his yeah. adversary is also the analyst I'm curious right. of how he got back in. I'm curious yeah. why he was like if he got back in or if he was rebuilt. Well, he was a oh, lackey. Here's, here's the a analyst thought. had him on a chain. He says that in the warehouse. Yeah, these the su- yeah, yeah right. like the suit like the suits who we find like are the machine yes. whoever the powers that be. The powers that mm-hmm. be that I would like to meet some like maybe later if they ever do more films but like the powers that be kind of like want him dead wanted him dead like it Mm -hmm. why bring him back you know deus ex machina deleted him yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like why well here's here's a thought uh my well so in this movie we don't have agents we have bots right yeah npcs basically well we have agents but like we also have the bots and it's that thing how we were saying earlier like agents were only able to jump into one body at a time they couldn't do swarm mode well, where, do like, you, where do you think that they got the the uh that whole sort of unified uh mentality sort of coding well they're not people oh, that's the thing it's been 60 years well too. but this says so later um bugs describes agents as bots saying that they are skinned as normal people. Yeah. And so, oh, so you can't tell who's who correct gotcha i'm going to go feed my dogs very quickly please keep proceeding okay uh, that is that's cry all... this entire time yeah that is also back. very, mm-hmm. very paranoia-inducing, though. Yeah, totally. Like I, oh, I got the sense in this though is because bots are a thing simply because they're just not human, and they never were, never shall be, because okay. right. there's just less people in the matrix. Like we see later the farms, and there's like if that's supposed to be a global population, that's not a lot. And it's the like <laughs> you know that poor woman where the, the dude jumps out of the window. Like, oh yeah, you know, like she's probably human, but her husband was a bot. You know, oh like, yeah, Shit. that's the thing is there's yeah. to make a a world that's seemingly real, it needs to be actually like populated. So yeah. th- like that's mm-hmm. the thing. The bots were never human, very similar to the agents, except the agents just wear people. Yeah, that's yeah. really fascinating to me. I think like um, so this is part of the story we don't get right, mm-hmm. which is the years that we are not privy to because Niobe, who is general of IO, um, and she says that there were like the reason that the machines started fighting each other was because of energy, like yeah. resource problems. And so it reminds me of um in the first film when Smith is sort of monologuing to Morpheus, who has been uh, drugged essentially and he's talking about how the first matrix was this utopia 
And he's like, it was a disaster. Entire crops were lost. And so my thing is, okay, well, if what happened, you know, in the in the final revolutions act where, you know, Neo sacrifices himself and they are able to delete Smith and therefore reboot the Matrix, like, does that mean everybody? Well, no, it can't because Niobe still exists. But Mm -hmm. I do wonder, like, if we we don't see when that matrix that the architect is still in charge of we don't see the fall of that matrix yeah. and we don't know how many crops or people are lost Purge. when that happens yeah like yeah. it's and that's a th- i i got the sense too that it was basically like they made a treaty right like like people could wake yeah. up when they want to we're not going to the peace did exist yeah like there was a peace and then the robot civil war which i love as a concept yes happened yes. and it was like the basically the machines were like no we made a treaty also you know they even say neo awoke a lot of programs to make mm-hmm. think yeah. beyond just this this algorithm and and not just programs, but actual machines. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's it's the interesting the baby, thing about uh, and Octocles yeah, and both of them. the other one. Yeah, they're all awesome. oh, and Morpheus too. Yes. Yeah, Morpheus. like machine. Yeah, life. And you see, you see, uh, you see so many different uh, like forms that the AI can take in this film. I, it, I really love how they expanded on the machine life in this and distinctly movie. not yeah. human. They even have you know they even have like a like a little fucking. Uh, stick bug robot this little dude yeah yeah, yeah like i love that adorable like in I, his own little like creepy eye way yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like it too because it's the idea of how alien the, a synthetic life is it's like no they don't yeah. have to look like androids you know they could just oh, yeah. look like mm-hmm. honestly whatever they want <laughs> you know yeah and i they, always like that i like that a lot yeah they don't look like fucking i mean they don't all just look it's interesting to watch this this life evolve and so quickly too, because I yeah. because before it was like they were all like these squid monster kind of things, um, or something very insectile, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing uh, we're seeing um, different like well, what's the uh, what's the sort of large bird? What's Kujaku? that? Kujaku. Kujaku. Mm-hmm. God, I fucking love Kujaku. I mean, so yeah, what adorable, an elegant dude. design. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what's funny like, is because um, you brought up the Animatrix before, and yeah. there is actually a segment from the Animatrix that does explore alter- like different machines that you don't see in the movies and what how yeah. they would see itself within the Matrix, like within the desert of the real, like a boot program. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. self-image, as they interact with humans, this one machine, it changes like how it sees itself. Oh. Yeah. And I always thought that was interesting. And, yeah, you know, after you said, like, the Wachowskis actually did have, like, a hand in the Animatrix, which I did not know, that makes me very happy. Because that means well, yeah. that, like, no, those are concepts that carried over to this film. Where it's like, no, machines yeah. had yeah. moments where they could, like, self-analyze themselves. You know? Oh, yeah. God. What I'm saying is make another Matrix, but it's about the machines. <laughs> what I'm saying well, what I want. It's one of those things where there is uh, there's a part of me that really likes not seeing it um i mean i i i do kind of like how like we don't see morpheus's death right Mm -hmm. and i i'm kind of grateful for that like somebody who loved morpheus as a character um but as we were talking about before we started recording like i also 
in as much as I enjoy this film, I can't imagine the character of Morpheus in this kind of reality. Totally. Um, And, but I don't think that it was necessarily a disrespect to the character because the way that General Niobe ends up talking about Morpheus and, and how Zion becomes no more essentially seems very um, connected to who we knew Morpheus to be. And so it it doesn't seem as though it is disrespectful to his character or that it is even antithetical to his character. I think that those are also like things that make me like turn something off. Right. If a character is doing something completely antithetical to who they are as, as a person or yeah. as, a, as a being. Like, I'm not saying people can't grow or make different decisions than they did. Obviously, they do. Obviously, they can. Obviously, they should. However, I do think that after Neo saves humanity by sacrificing himself, I don't think that Morpheus's belief in his ability to keep the peace or anything like that necessarily would crumble. I think that it would only get stronger. Um, but, um, you know, I, as I thought about it, I thought this is actually pretty, I think pretty respectful. I don't want to say fitting. I don't want to say, mm-hmm. you know, it was the, the right thing to do necessarily. Um, but I do, I do want to say, I can't really imagine this film with him. And yeah. so, like, having him have that lovely uh, remembrance in the temple, I think, is is a really uh, generous and mm-hmm. kind way to depart from that old story into a new story. Uh, yeah, I agree, because it's, and I like, too, it's almost in the in Morpheus in the negative, too, because Niobe even says that like he was too set in his ways like he would he you you get the sense that he would have always been bigoted against machines there's he was too he was too set in the sense that like it's us versus them like he's the old way of thinking yeah i mean he literally says that in the in the program in the first film where he he's like if you are not one of us you are one one of them them. and And there is no gray area there's also that uh there's also that uh um line that he says you all look the same to me which yeah. is very uh rigid thinking for coming from a black man something that is you know yeah, like yeah. that's that was incredible like that was an incredible setup for that of yeah. race and everything of and you know that's the thing it's like he's Morpheus was bigoted you know he's like a soldier yeah. coming back from war where it's like he's kind of always going to be a little racist against the people he fought against yeah you know and well, well i, I mean that, well I think- well so there's something here there's uh, a few things here i think like i hmm. so morpheus does end up trusting programs he in, he implicitly trusts the oracle yes right he does um i think that the reason he does that is because she has been he says that she's been with us since the beginning so i think he sees her very much as an embodiment of the resistance yeah and then um he does end up trusting the keymaker, who is also a program, I think part of that is because the key maker ends up, he says um, that his destiny essentially is for this moment, right? And so again, he implicitly trusts this program because he is sacrificing himself for the resistance essentially. And, um, but I, I do wonder how far that would 
uh, stretch. Yeah, like if Morpheus saw him like a machine outside of the Matrix, would he trust it? Or would he always Well, be... I think, I wonder if his line, I mean, at this point we're just speculating, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is it like, is the difference between synthians, which are mm-hmm. machines or phys- physical machines versus a program? Because a program requires something to Those be little, written, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> And whereas a machine is built for a specific purpose that, I, I don't know, I'm getting caught up, I think, in some <laughs> granularity here, but I, I do wonder, I think I'm not necessarily certain that the kind of world that Niobe and the Synthians and the humans create in IO is something that could be with people like morpheus in his thinking at at the moments that we see it mm-hmm. yeah. could have happened yeah. and and i do think that i really appreciate a black woman saying that the place that was the savior of humanity or the seat of humanity also had its own matrix that it had to break out of, which was war, binary thinking. Mm -hmm. That to me, Mm -hmm. as somebody who I have, you know, training in um, like gender studies and feminist studies, like I, I come from my, my training comes from, you know, black feminists, black women, often black lesbian feminists, like, to me, that was a wonderful, I think, commentary about the kind of world that, you know, we need to break out of. Like, yeah. IO, IO seems to be a place of dreams, mm-hmm. sort of, in, from Zion becoming real, right? I mean, they have real food. Yeah. They, have, they have a quality of life that is much improved, I would say, from the small glimpses that we get of it over zion yeah i, I agree I mean, they even have like a sky that they are proud of yeah yeah you know yeah that was actually really cool that was interesting like, wasn't it like seek had that moment where he's just like and it's so damn pretty and it's just like yes oh, i yeah. just made me sad they grow their own strawberries they're working they grew their own strawberries from dna that was in the matrix yeah because yeah. that shit's that's extinct right. yeah right oh man yeah I, I love fucking it cool it's it, I agree with you, though. Morpheus had no place in this film or or original Morpheus. I mean, it makes me so sad to say that. And like, I think (laughs) also like the the storyline of Lawrence Fishburne saying, like, I wasn't asked to be in it. That makes me sad. And I'm not that hit me. I'm not trying to use that Mm -hmm. by any by any stretch. And um, it's some it's a bold move. Yeah. You know, like and man. To be a fly on the wall during the writing process of like problem solving and what to include, how to stitch it together. No kidding. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, what do you keep? What do you skim over? What do you, you know, draw a direct line to, et cetera, et cetera. This thing is like, it's a puzzle box. It's going to yeah. take a couple looks. Yeah. You know, and I'm just waiting for that like a year from now, that analysis. You know, that's no. like. <laughs> well, look at us. It's like we're it's, talking, we're trying to like talk about this, but it's like. We keep bipping and bopping. It's so dense and we've barely started the film, but we have to go jump we've around. We've done like 45 minutes of the movie. Oh, I knew. We, we haven't yeah. even yeah. talked about Tiffany. I mean, right, yeah. I want to talk uh-huh. about Tiffany slash Trinity. Let's just do that. Let's just do it. Because, yeah. I mean, I just. I mean, yeah. If you want to watch it, I guess since. Sorry. No, go, go, go. If I might interrupt real quick. Yeah, if you want to watch it i 
highly suggest that yeah you like yeah well, maybe not go see it in theaters but uh see it however you can uh it's on hbo um yeah. and For that's another couple of weeks yeah. yeah yeah um so i guess we can't do like a review the way that we normally do <laughs> no but... this is this this is this is and this is this is breakdown this is analyst this is this <laughs> yeah. is fandom yeah. there needs to be a spoiler warning in the title so yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well so uh let's yeah yeah, let's get into it uh, with Trinity um, because, yeah, I I suppose in uh, in the way that they're really kind of outlining every character's um, sort of role as in the story, as you know, as part of maybe like well, as a trans narrative. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say that this movie has a definitive sort of trans narrative behind it. It has to. But um, eh. yeah. uh, it, it has a lot. It does. I mean, I don't, no, I don't it, think it's, I don't think it's just that because, yeah. like, it there's a lot to pull for. Because, like, my sis mostly straight ass saw it, and I was just like, it's a riot, you know. Yeah. And I, I saw like kind of the corporate fuckery that was going on, and yeah. the idea that they were just like, yeah. I well, know yeah, that I mean, if we hand this, this is... IP over, that someone's going to just like look. I just heard today that Michael Bay is producing some other director to do an American remake of the Raid set in Philadelphia. No. That's what this could have been. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you just ruin my day like that? <laughs> it doesn't need to. It exists. And it's widely available. No. You don't need to remake shit. No. I. Yeah. I I'm gonna. Oh. All right, guys. And I'm that's gonna go. the. Well, that's great. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, Thanks. That's uh, horrible. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. Why did you just kill my mood like that? But but no, like this whole thing was flipping tables like the entire time. But this yeah. was basically yeah. the creator, like one of the creators of like an IP saying, okay, I got to work through some shit. Fine. You want a sequel? I get complete creative control. I get to talk all the shit I want. And oh, like... Yeah. Yeah. This is how, and now good luck trying to make a sequel also, after this. Uh, yeah. It's also just so well done, too. Though, I mean, oh, just but what, what it's tied it's into. It's brilliant, I think. Yeah, I think no, that I this mean, is definitely at least the second best uh, uh, Matrix film, I think. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I can't, it, like, it's it, it's of a piece. Yeah, I will, I, yeah. It would be yeah. like saying I didn't like the second because part of, like, M Mozart's Requiem. It's like, no, yeah. I, like the, yeah. I, like, I like the piece. I kind of like the way this all go, has to go together. You can't yeah. skip two and three and get everything out of this. But anyway, yeah. we're supposed to be talking about Trinity. Yes, yes. So, the best part, we're one at, of the best parts of this fucking movie. <laughs> we're, we're at a Cyber Latte or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Um, what was Cine it? Latte. Simulate, simulate. Yeah. Like, like simulate, just yeah. right. it, everything in this movie makes my ass clench. Um, <laughs> like, like, well, because it's so funny. It's just like, oh, that's perfectly cringe. Yeah. You know, like it's like weaponized. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, he he's sitting there with uh, what's his name, Jake? Yeah, doofus. Mm -hmm. Jude, Judas, D uh, no, Jude. Judas. <laughs> that's who he is. Ah, ooh, but, you know, uh, like... Jude, yes. But yeah, so you're sitting there with Jude. Jude's being a tool, and like uh, uh, Tiffany walks in. Who's Trinity? She's got these kids. She goes to the counter. She's ordering something. Um, her shit. And Jude knows who it is. Her shitty. Kids. You know, Jude's like, "Oh, it's her. Have you ever talked to her? You gonna be that guy? You gonna be like, you gonna walk over? Here, let me do something for you because I'm such a big fan. Let me do this for you." And he goes over to fuck everything up. And because um, that's that's any guy that ever does that is that's a, that's exactly what's going to yep, happen every yep. time. 
Like there's Every no, time. the wingman is a myth. All right, let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Um, and, and it's, it's just, a, it's a myth. It came up in probably a movie in the eighties. And uh, anyway, so like, oh my God, it's, it's the Iceman. Anyway, so he, he goes over and he starts talking to her and this is like really weird thing, but then they have this like weird connection. Like she kind of, something's going on in her head. Then they touch and she does the whole, like, have we met before kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's been a really big kind of motif they've been setting up up to this mm-hmm. point is that yeah. it's always a trigger. There's some sort of yeah. touch. There's a look. There's something that sets you off and lets you see the larger picture, which could be like a metaphor for like sympathy or empathy or the ability to kind of imagine someone else's like state of being. Sure. Um, they're definitely. But I mean, like it, this, again, it's a lot of. Things. Yeah, they're definitely interwoven to the point where like they're the other half of each other, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the word soulmate is not used, but I think that it's fairly implicit. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of things that I ended up writing down about love in particular, because I think mm-hmm. like love in this movie plays such a huge role. Mm-hmm. I think I might want to wait on that. But there we see Trinity twice before Morpheus 2.0 like offers thomas anderson the red pill and the second time that we see her is when thomas anderson and tiffany are sitting down and having a one-on-one conversation yes and for me um i think that this gets brought up at the end of the film but like tiffany being manipulated trinity being manipulated through the matrix through motherhood to me is like super insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, it's yeah. also, I mean, so evident that that is what women have to go through. I mean, mm-hmm. literally my yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. I mean, I was like, that's, that's how you keep so many people on the hook yeah, but it, in mm-hmm. this society is you bait them with the promise of family. That's what he said. And... The analyst literally said that. Like, he's like, women used mm-hmm. to be so much easier to control. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah it's like uh it's it's a good he's like lamenting it you know like yeah. uh, and you know in and america that's definitely which like, yeah. is cool actually yeah. think about it that he's got to worry about that and it's like yeah fuck well, you. yeah basically <laughs> but like in america that's like man we don't get that narrative enough where it's like yeah no this is this can be a trap for a lot of people <laughs> you yeah know? no like, no I, and then when you when you do get that like kind of you know the girl power girl boss kind of thing they always make a much bigger deal out of say elizabeth holmes than yeah. say the actual like success stories across the board mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's still happening. It's still not there. Or like, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I follow a lot of people on social media that do, you know, feminist critique and things like that. And but yeah. I'm also seeing that happening just like on my TikTok feed, for example, where people who are um who call themselves um, you know, like just regular folks maybe but like are women and then they are choosing to not have children and the the uh-huh. type of lashing out that they receive uh-huh. when oh, yeah. they just declare themselves that they're not having children is it's bananas yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better oh, it's, yeah. i mean it's, fucking it's such nuts. a yeah. trigger because the way that we in this country, I'm, I'm only really schooled enough to talk about the U.S., but like in this country in particular, that is such a baked in program, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, which is what yeah. Tiffany calls it, uh, to have a family, to yeah. get married, to do the whole, you know, white Two picket and a half fence, kids, white picket know, fence. Yeah. Thing. Like mm-hmm. that is 
what what Trinity says, what Tiffany says is, I remember wanting a family, but is that because that's what women are supposed to want? How yes. do you know if what you want some if how do you know if you want something yourself oh, or if man. your upbringing programmed yeah. you to want it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is something that I loved because that this moment in particular is something I I just was so grateful for as an audience member because. Thomas responds to this, that he pays his analyst a lot of money to answer those Mm -hmm. questions for him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But Tiffany says that she should do more therapy, but she's too tired to do that because kids are exhausting. So this Mm -hmm. whole interaction to me, it sets up an understanding that men get to experience self-fulfillment while women Mm -hmm. and other people do not often Mm -hmm. have the tools to do that. If money is an object, which, you know, Tiffany seems to be well off in this like Mm -hmm. pseudo San Francisco setting, like, so if money is no object, but she does not have the energy, time, or space that Thomas does in order to sit down and have that kind of therapy herself. That experience uh, for her, but also for so many women and people um, who are not, I would say, cishet men, mm-hmm, like that right. experience is robbed from them, you know, just yeah. by virtue of I'm, I have a family or, and this is what is expected of me. That's well, the baseline. Yeah. yeah. The baseline mechanics of raising a kid. I've been in just in no way mentally like stable enough to even consider having kids. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it stopped being a reality for me when I was very young and it just oh, never yeah. occurred mm-hmm. to me to do so. I, it was one of those things where I was like, eh. yeah, I think all three then, of us have know, that. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. weird. Like, like yeah, keep going. lately too it was just real weird to hear the pope be like hey people who choose pets over kids that's fucked up and i'm like yeah real real fucked up coming from you though what are you <laughs> announcing a shortage like do you, or, what the fuck i mean like, elon musk did uh, yep uh, right? and he's you know he's the pope to some other people <laughs> uh, true enough god i mean like yeah it's like we man. could we could uh, we could say and that it's so blindly say. it's it's just their intentions are so blind, like not blind, well, but like it's, it blatantly awfully. Well, it's, it's willfully ignorant too, because yeah. they've also, you know, like the, the, the same companies and whatnot, have, and, and you know, laws, et cetera, et cetera, have constructed this world where like a corporation can work you to fucking death on top mm-hmm. of it, and then not pay you enough, and then expect you to reproduce. Then imagine being the a woman and then having to do all those things, and also have a kid with no like parental leave, and like well, that's why like, I feel like this whole. It, it, you know, it's a trap for both sides. I feel like. Look, I, I know we we got all kinds of teachers. It's it's not like sure. just women. You know what I mean? No, but, but it's, like this yeah. whole push to shove kids back in school right now <laughs> is decidedly God. like anti-family because yep. it's all about just shoving the you know the parents yeah. let's, back let's into the more, workplace. Uh, let's make more mm-hmm. productive people for society. Let's. Uh, I, I hate to think of shove what them the, into like, this little uh, this uh, person factory. Yeah. And then we can't even take care of like, you know, the kids we do have and we're not willing to, and we don't want to, Yeah, you know, like I can't even fuck off. I can't even imagine like what the fucking foster situation is going to be like after all this. Which just sucks, right? Because like as men, we could say that, but like if, if any, anyone with, you know, different genitalia wanted to say the same thing, they'll get, like you said, they'll get fucking ridiculed online. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's the other thing. Like we both been busy, you know, like we're, shit I, I was like going to school and like just doing all kinds of shit and stuff like before i got married 
And, you know, she's been busting her ass off, like, getting this, like, salon going and stuff like that. Who has time for a fucking kid? Yeah. Who has the money for a fucking kid? Yeah, that's my right. that's my excuse, like, is honestly, where I'm like, I'm I'm how old like and I'm... 70% of your income is going to go into your fucking you house. Want, why would you want to bring a child into this shitty world? That's well, another like that's, whole that's, other conversation, too. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, whole... Ex- well, there's, there, are, there are definitely people who, like, should and can, and they will yeah. train those kids to be fucking, like, warriors of the future and stuff like that. I'm just oh, trying absolutely. to, rec- I'm, I'm like the pariah asshole trying to record this stuff as like the fucking room burns. <laughs> Look, I have, you know, yeah, like I, fr- I don't have time to be like, you know, yeah. let me change the diaper real quick. What, who said what, you know, yeah. like, what, are we going to have this trial or Look, are we I'm, just going to see? I'm like, already the father well, figure to one person. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm let's, fortunate let's, enough to have that. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is let's focus on taking care of the people who are here. Yeah. because mm-hmm. things are fucked up right now so no, yeah, don't don't start like ordering don't. new models until you've taken care of the existing ones yeah exactly now please demon you know. go stupid fucking throwaway culture yep i uh, think there there's something here where like right when when people talk about the patriarchy like it hurts everybody like it doesn't mm-hmm. just hurt yeah. i think is, is something that we don't talk about enough i think that like it is because of the patriarchy or if you don't like that term, like there's uh, there's another term that I like to use, um, which is by this theorist. I can look her name up in just a moment, but it's like the hierarchy. And mm-hmm. that is um, that that kind of organization of society. It's based on like a Christian sort of um, yeah. uh colonial sort of well it's a it's kind of a christian idea in that like it's a pyramidal structure that essentially talks about a master and servile like relationship but it's Mm. but but it can shift right i mean when we talk about how um like in interactions like how a white woman has more power over a black man for example like okay yeah so for me like the hierarchy is to me i think a a little bit more of a way to think about things because of those types of nuances of power right and the types of privileges if we want to talk about that um or use that language to talk about you know, how, how is power organized, structured, how is it allocated? Right. Um, but I think that, so for me, like Tiffany having these thoughts, I think just like across from somebody who, you know, she's met really once, (laughs) um, -hmm. but nonetheless feels a connection to, um, is so fascinating because like, you can see that her, desire to um be considered a whole complex individual is being challenged by not only her children but also her husband where Mm -hmm. there's that moment where she sees trinity in the matrix and tells chad handsome chad like (laughs) doesn't look like me and he laughs at her Mm -hmm. and And then she's like she wants to also laugh Yeah. Well, she also laughs because there's that pressure of Mm -hmm. like, of course, it's ridiculous. Of course, it's like this negative feedback loop like that is abuse. Um, And then I I think about the analyst doing that to her. Um, I think about how much glee he has in her suffering. Um, And I, I think about how Trinity in the original trilogy, we don't really know if she and Neo would ever consider having a child, you know, but that mm-hmm. opportunity is robbed from them because of yeah. 
of the experience of being who they are in this reality, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think like for me, having that moment, it was such a human interaction. Like it it was not about the matrix. It was not mm -hmm. about agents or the one or anything like that. Machines it was about two and, yeah. people who uh -huh. were connecting. And I, I loved that moment. Yeah. 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 I think it helped to move things along. You know what I mean? As far as you didn't have to have a bunch of these. You just had to have this one. Uh -huh. And it had to be thoughtful and it had to be reactive in that way that isn't waiting for the person to finish speaking. Like they were actually considering each other uh -huh. and they were interested in each other and it was apparent. And we know because of that, you know, whole like Hitchcocky and shit about how like Sorry about <laughs> we that. Know, no problem. It's all good. <laughs> About how like we know a thing, but like a you know antagonist or protagonist doesn't know a thing, and like you know you're just waiting for that to unravel. Yeah. We had that baggage from like three movies of their connection, uh -huh. so it, it's like painful as the audience to not see them together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Here they are; they're so close but not touching. And what they only ever like tink their cups. I want to mature the concepts too, right? Because like I said, I'm like I watched this when I was like what eleven, and like I wouldn't yeah. have got this if I saw if this somehow existed in like when I was when I first saw the first movie. I'm like no one would have got this right like it's just such yeah. a maturing of the concepts yeah. that i really like it like it's it aged with they aged with me you know like yeah. this is a maturing yeah. of the of the trilogy where it's like i get this like this is this is good yeah. i like you know i agree it's like the truest sequel they could have done yeah absolutely you know in in so many ways mm -hmm. and and you know there's still that whole thing too about how like you know she 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 wrenches on motorcycles yeah. Like, yeah. there's this idea that, you know, she's not a, they're not going to do that thing where it's like, oh, she's a secretary or she's a, you know, whatever. Yeah. She fucking wrenches. She does a thing that's like kind of usually classically labeled as like a masculine sort of thing. And it's like, that's one of like my favorite little subversions. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's not unheard of. Like, it's absolutely not. If you live, I know, anywhere, I, know ever uh, in the world. I know a woman who, you yeah, percent. if you're not related to one, you know, yeah. and that's that's the thing. It, it's just, but it's never offered up. Like Easy Rider is the image. Well, it's the thing too you know is I mean? uh, you give you put enough of the original tr Trinity in the simulation so she doesn't rebel against it too much. Right. Right. Yeah, because she likes the motorcycle. Exactly. Yeah. You know, also and... where she feels free. So yes. I think that there are those moments where you're stuck in those situations where you're you're living for those moments of mm -hmm. freedom you know it's like living for the weekend but like even <laughs> even more um mm. i would say compacted and more complex and more mm -hmm. um i i think just like pressing into you like you're you're looking for she's clearly having questions about like oh you know her own life her own existence mm -hmm. like do I, I be with Chad? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah um she she clearly has her own issues but those moments of freedom that i imagine she experiences when we see those glimpses of her riding her um motorcycle in, in yeah. the yeah in the in the sunrise or the sunset like i would imagine that um you know, those you are notice? the moments where she she it's not I don't I don't want to say like that is why it's worth it. But she has those moments where she can let go. Right. Right. She is driving recklessly. She's just like weaving in and out of fucking traffic like it. You know, laws don't apply to her. Yes. And there's also this thing about flying. You know, she's flying vertically. She's not stopping. She's like you never see her at a stoplight. She's always right. moving on the bike. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that kind of like rings a bell for what comes later. Yeah. You know, in, in her yeah. just 
evolution as a character over time and stuff like that. And it's just really funny to me how much attention is paid toward Neo in this first part of the movie. Yeah. It's it's almost like that you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 bait and switch where you think you're going to be Snake, but nope, you're Raiden. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it though. I'm glad yeah. that this is a, this is as much of Trinity's movie, maybe a little bit more so than Neo's. Yeah. And I really liked that because she kicks so much ass. She's so good. Yeah, at this yeah no, it's she it's does. really oh, it's so. I love it when she literally be. kicks off uh, the antlers <laughs> jaw. Yep. Yeah. Like she like she wanted to. Yep. You know. Yeah. It's just like uh, that was for the kids. Yeah, that was for, that was for <laughs> using children. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's so fucking awesome. <laughs> yep. I'm glad they addressed that. Anyway, oh, yeah, so yeah. right, so we meet her. Where are we at now? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're all over the place. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Um, what what do we got going on? What's the next big thing that starts happening? Um, like, uh, well, they, they, get, starts... they get Neo out of yes. yep. where they have that crazy scene where they're in the like the theater, the theater and yeah. and so it's the overlay. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I figured uh, we'd show you something. It's set and setting. Okay, so we got to talk about this real quick. Yeah. When they give uh, modal Morpheus the pill and he's like hallucinating, um, that and the use of White Rabbit, they're psychedelic and woven all through this. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But like, the what happened to that? You know, like that whole idea. I think we talked about it like last episode about how like you know the '60s was like three months. And it just reverberated for decades. Like you could always get a best of uh, Woodstock, you know, CD back when you still had to, you know, dial one nine hundred to order something on a TV station, you know, for this kind of psychedelic that carried all the way through it. This, however, doesn't embrace that so much. Maybe a little bit with like the Exiles outfits, but like they're getting into the actual like writings about psychedelica. And one of the things that I remember is the idea of set and setting. And I don't remember if this was like Robert Anton Wilson referencing somebody or if this was actually Leary or if this was like McKenna. But the idea of set and setting is like you don't want to take like you don't want to take that hit of reality or like that hit of acid or all those mushrooms without your head in the right place in a comfortable place to be. Yeah. Yeah. You're set. Your mindset has to be right for it. You have to be ready to make this non-choice. Like just you have to be ready to do the next thing, whether it's, you know, take the red pill, take the blue pill. Like you you have to already know like what you are in order to move forward. Yeah. And if it's your first time, you definitely want to be in a room that's like full of pillows, you know, like and maybe maybe a snuggly cat. You know, and some nice yeah. music. You don't want to be like, I'm going to eat these uh, psychedelics for my first time and then go to a Cookie Monster death metal concert. <laughs> Unless you do. Yeah. Well, you, maybe you maybe do. That's right? And I'm sure that it has worked out for people. Exactly. If that's your setting and your set is like for that, yeah. you know, and that's where you're comfortable. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Yeah, go right, that's where go right ahead. I feel like, go, go crazy. Yeah, it's like, I feel like putting my head inside a nuclear reactor, sure. Right. But do not say, go you know, bareface rock climbing with no gear. I'd say that's a bad idea. You know, if you're tripping. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's not a good setting. It's the official little life and, podcast dance, yes. But that but like when they bring Neo into this theater, that's the thing Morpheus says to him. He's he's talking about set and setting. He's talking huh. about you gotta get your head right. So we figure we might as well put you in a comfortable place. Huh. Didn't even think of that. That's that's hmm. God, this is yeah. that's hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, no. This, I'm telling you, that second viewing is like 
fucking buckshot. Like yeah. it's there's a lot you missed. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Damn. It's like and that's, you know, I it approaches what primer in terms of rewatchability. You yeah. know, where this makes a lot more sense than primer and it oh, took like eight, nine times to watch that movie <laughs> before that started yeah, to make sense. You know? That is primer. Okay. Yeah. But this has a lot of those like fun little Easter eggs, these cool little callbacks, and then also these references um to I think you that's know, part of what makes this brilliant. I mean, and yeah, you know, it it's storytelling. So it's you know, and it's clear that, you know, a lot of um uh, Lana Wachowski's writing is very allegorical. Um, so it's, it's clear that a lot of this is has some basis in her life uh, as well. Um, or at least that's how it seems to be in, from my perspective. So it's, I don't know, that's that's kind of what headspace I was in when I went into this. I uh, uh, like... I like to see where people are trying to come from with their writing yes. and what kind of story that they're trying to tell that may or may not like in what ways do they line up with their yeah. lives? Yeah. So or, or um, like, what, what brings people together? You know, yeah. people who like in a standing start wouldn't like agree with each other or something like that can all get together and listen to like a certain artist and all of that goes aside. They're just standing in an audience together. You know what yeah. I mean? And they, they, they're pulling something from a piece of art and it's all different. And it's always going to be, you know, everything is subjective to a certain degree because you know, what is objectively good art? You know what I mean? It's, is it just what everybody yeah. agrees on? So that's just a bunch of subjective opinions in a giant crowd, <laughs> you know, like that's, it's not just like, I don't know, a giraffe wouldn't look at, you know, Mona Lisa and be like, you know, that's dope. You know, that wouldn't happen. It's, you know, it's not everything can appreciate it. Yeah, and I, you know, th this is just fun, and yeah. at the same time, it's super smart and goddamn fucking layered for days and funny. It takes the piss out of itself. Yeah, you know, on, on oh, a regular, man. like in a massive, massive way, I, like <laughs> a yeah. few times. I really appreciate like, that. Yeah, what? the part where uh, where Neo is like, or where uh, Morpheus asks if Neo can fly. I don't know if it's Morpheus, <laughs> um, but he goes through the motions and then he's like yeah i can't do he's that like, right yeah now. that's not happening i'm like yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> yeah. i like that yeah. and that's how I, that seems to like, be like that seems to be like a nod towards you know are you talking you know, about like, not as young as as he used to be are you talking about yeah. shepherd at the end like where they're trying to escape from simulata yeah 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 uh -huh. yeah because yeah. yeah. then then fucking shows up with the bike where i'm like yeah this is her movie now <laughs> yeah. that's what was up that was yeah. up yeah well, like when yeah, they I'm touched and everyone detonated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck yeah. I was so there for Man. that. Moment. But well, see, that's the whole thing. The last like 30, 40 minutes of this movie are so, I don't want this to sound negative, but they're like emotionally manipulative, like very emotionally <laughs> manipulative, like because it is a rising crescendo until the end. Yeah. And then it's like the punchline. <laughs> and then you sit through the credits and then you get like a dad joke, you know, like yeah, basically. <laughs> Like, but the, those last 30 to 40 minutes are so fucking like just this wonderful sense of momentum. This thing starts picking up even as it slows down. Like there's this ratcheting tension to this kind of glorious finish. <laughs> and it's just you laugh out loud for all of it because you're like, fuck it. Let's go on this ride. You know, like that. There's like a weird sort of payoff to this that I didn't see coming. Yeah. 
you know, I didn't know what this was going to be either. I saw that first trailer and I bugged off. I was like, nope, not going to ruin this for myself. Like, I, I can't do it. I want to go into this empty and just remembering the trilogy and see what which happens. is funny because as someone who did ruin it for myself uh the trailers really didn't reveal anything because i did because no they did it just revealed the stuff no, that the movie was going to reveal to you anyway well it showed you the stuff that would might maybe get you hooked into it like they did the first time like yes. they used kind mm-hmm. of a very similar like here's some bullet time stuff and blah 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 here's the action and look at them throw the rocket and then you get into it and you're like that ain't the point dipshit <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. It's so good. It's so good for yeah. that. So we're, it still has action yeah, scenes. It still does a slow-mo, and it still has like, you know a little bit of that in there. But it generally, except for that one bit, for me, personally, like it's not a slight or a criticism at yeah. all. But like it's like, it all served to advance the story. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's what a lot of movies don't do. It's just, you know, check your watch time for a car chase. Uh, check your watch time for a fucking punch fight. You they know? can and, do that. And if it did, it had symbolic value to it. You know? Well, like the, when the alarm went off, I was surprised really that that turned into a gunfight. You know, <laughs> I was just like, it was like, oh, he's going to go outside or something and somebody's going to abduct him in the hallway. And then, nope, it turns into this like, let's talk in the shitter with a bright suit. And then, like, <laughs> go ham on everybody with a couple of weapons so, like, so damon where where are we on your in oh, your analysis uh, <laughs> we're uh we're at the theater um yes right. and oh my God. morpheus 2.0 says this incredible line that made me laugh which was nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia god damn it and, yes <laughs> like what a punch in the face yeah. it was so yeah yeah yep. <laughs> I, but the thing is, he then like undercuts himself because he goes, time is always against us, et cetera, et cetera. No one can be told what the matrix is. Blah, blah, blah. That's the Smith. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. So good. And then I, I think that one of the things that's super interesting is they start to get into, um, like they bugs reveals that the machines like fucked with his DSI uh, and and that's how nobody could find him. But also like Morpheus 2.0 brings up like, or you didn't want to be found mm-hmm. and then brings up a rumor that said that like, or they, or he was working with the machines since the beginning and mm-hmm. bugs like shuts that shit down. And my thing is like, I want to hear, I want to hear so many things that are left off screen that I am glad, but also I'm like, now I want to know more. You want neo conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want, I want the matrix's version of like fucking Alex Jones. Just being like, like <laughs> here's what you gotta know. All right. First of all, you gotta drink that colloidal silver. And then the next thing you gotta know is that Neo was out there with the machines the whole time, you know, and it just <laughs> breathless, like constant. And there's like one dude that tunes into him so that like, there's the, receiver like is on so he thinks somebody's listening to him but then he mutes it yeah there's a there's a moment there uh in like a little bit too where uh agent smith comes back in and um oh what does he do um shoot what were we just talking about what's he you're talking about the the alex jones in the future and uh the theory of uh... oh yeah yeah no uh uh the the two guys that come with uh neo and trinity uh or not neo neo and um neo morpheus and bugs uh Mm -hmm. they're looking down and they see i don't know if they're referring to morpheus and smith or neo and smith but they're like there are so many theories about these two 
Oh, yeah. yeah. That is Lexi and Berg. And yes. they, that's yes. when they go back into the Matrix to try to get Trinity. And right, 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 that's right. the that's warehouse when, fight? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's uh, where they're fighting in the in the like abandoned building or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Here I've dialed it in. I know what my issue with that scene is. Okay. It's that the dialogue is so much better than the fighting. Mm. That's fair yeah. because it's, because I'm yeah. way more invested in that. Yes. And it's just like a little, little, you know, chop sake kind of going on. And then like, we get back to like, let's like, you know, the whole Smith being like, Hey, look, I don't like this analyst asshole either. Yeah. Let's cut a deal. And then no, they do a slap fight instead. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. Like just... But I really did it. I liked him in that scene and I liked their fight and all the callbacks. Not because of nostalgia, but because it wasn't quite working out the way yeah. it did. Yeah. This is a different fight. Like there's yeah. a different thing going on here. And I'm not trying to see the same movie again. Yeah. And this isn't trying to show me the same movie. Which is a This is trying to show me. Yeah the scene differently which you know is appropriate because I mean? they're both kind of awkward because they're not the same people yeah. really you know like no no they're really not it's really cool this dude uh this jonathan Goff, he does some hugo weaving faces real quick yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nails it but doesn't linger on it and it's yeah. really funny he gets a couple of those like under the hoods of the eyes kind of yeah. thing like that looking up oh yeah, yeah he really rocked a few of those callback like just in his <laughs> facial acting yeah but ah good shit but yeah, yeah no this whole this whole sequence is like like i was saying before we i, I didn't the first time i saw this i didn't know that it was a merovingian yeah i didn't know <laughs> because old man yelling at cloud <laughs> right i was just like who all i could think of was oh, jesus christ this was, this was the, the guy the exiles right that's what yeah they these were, were the exiles yeah the merovingian in this reminds me of the guy that they were gonna hire to replace howard beale that's like on that black and white film just yelling about like how <laughs> oh, things are crazy baby. baby <laughs> oh my god that's what i thought he was i really i had no idea and then when i watched it with the subtitles they called him the mervin i was like wait a fucking minute and then they do the callback real quick the shot because i must have looked away last time mm -hmm. I watched it. and i was just like this is infinitely funnier now. Like, this is, <laughs> I love this scene now because he's just screaming the most absurd shit and making fun of like yeah. everything about this new Matrix. Like he's just taking the piss out of the movie that he's in. Yeah, it is fucking comedy gold. I yeah. oh my god, watch that with the subtitles on. Before that he, like right before he storms funny. off, he's like. Uh, what does he say? Something He's about like, like sequel... the profitability of sequels or something? Sequel no, he, he... franchise potential? No, he, he was he was like sequel reboot. Uh, what the fuck? He, he used like three different versions of what this could be. Yeah, <laughs> and he just he was like, and he's like spitting as he's yep. saying it. It's just so fucking funny. Oh my god! Yeah, what a great way to have him back. Where I like yeah, just didn't yeah. recognize oh, his ass. At I hated all. his like, character too. That's the funny thing. I hate the fucking Maravich. I hated him in the I movies. Think, I thought he was. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, honestly. that's why he's his performance. Is no, great. his performance is yeah. really good in this. This is probably the only moment I've ever seen him where I'm like, I don't hate this. Like it's actually. No, no, really he was, yeah. I was saying they're going kind of like, wow, fucking times make strange bedfellows, eh? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's not wrong. You know, like, and yeah. that's such an interesting detail too that they decided to put into this movie was bringing just yeah, bringing back those characters, <laughs> but like. Bringing completely inverted and just covered in what, shit and yeah. screaming, <laughs> and 
Mm-hmm. So good. I'm not entirely sure what they're supposed to represent, but uh, me psychoanalyzing the film when I don't even have a psych degree. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, well, they, they were just they were they were like there to hinder progress. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's... I mean, as as a function, like a like a like a conservative. You know what yeah, I mean? Like fair. you know, we we want things to be the way they were. And like you took that from us, and now we're gonna get your you know, have your heads. And, yeah, that's you know fair. they kind of get their time, Gu- which guys, is hilarious hate- because I fucking literally the first time I saw it, I had no idea it was that. Guys, it's been two hours. Like, yeah, we got we got we got to I we got to wrap. I want to hear demons' oh, opinions no. on things more. Oh, okay. I <laughs> uh, so oh, I'm sorry. My my part uh, about I guess so right the Merovingian to me I think when people talk about how the second and third films are so talky they're so didactic they're so mm-hmm. heavy and everything like for me i was bored by the merovingian yep. <laughs> like yeah cause and effect yeah. for me is like not something that's super stimulating that's the worst <laughs> like, scene yeah. um, i mean we need to know who the Merovingian is in as much as he is a trafficker of information is what I believe he calls himself in mm-hmm. reloaded. Yeah. And then we see him talking to Ramakandra, who is um, Sati's father. Um, mm-hmm. And he, um, you know, but we don't, there's no connection to, to him until revolution. So like where, Second and third installments should have been seen as like one whole piece, in my opinion. Right. Like, and that's yeah, not and just a lot, I think a lot other of people's, people's opinions. opinions. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so we find out that he is an important old program that has amassed a lot of power, and he can hide programs um, from deletion, um, and they are exiled with him. I think like my interest is like, so he exists, he survived the purge because I think somebody with that kind of power in, in the same way that like a incredibly rich and well-connected person could hide out from any number of um, uh, disasters, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. Like it doesn't surprise me to see the Merovingian here. Um, I think that there is some, uh, you know, sadistic enjoyment. <laughs> I think of seeing him brought low because yeah, for yeah. me, I was so bored with him yeah. on screen, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this fucking asshole again. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, so I think like the interesting thing for me, I like him as old man yelling at cloud personally because it, oh, does, yeah. it does seem to fit with his it's character. He's yeah. lost his fucking and, mind. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I I copied his like. Lewis Carroll nonsense poem dialogue. Essentially. <laughs> like he says, we had grace, we had style, we had conversation, not this. And then he like mimics texting. <laughs> and then he's like, art, films, books were all better. Originality mattered. And then this is where it gets weird. He says, you gave us face, Zucker, suck. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> and cock me climaty wiki piss and shit <laughs> and, <laughs> so for me it feels like um i mean his 
obsession that is like tripping over his ability to be coherent about, I think, how... So when Neo wakes up, he talks about how the Matrix is as bad or worse than when he first woke up in the first Mm -hmm. film, right? And I think that this is where there's like, right, there is, I think, some comment that is about technology in this day and age presently, but like you can see both ways, I think. You can see Neo's side of it where it is people want to be in that comfortable place. I think, you know, like the the analyst talks about how the reality that he has constructed, which is fear and yearning essentially like is is he's like that defines reality for 99.9 percent of your species right and so i think like this you know obvious call to facebook (laughs) and and zuckerberg like that is um one thing i think that it really as we keep seeing with leaks from inside the company and things like that like it really is destroying society in a way oh, yeah. that is oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, but because of the pandemic as well, like people have been more plugged in, I think, than they ever have been, um, yeah. oh, which yeah. doesn't Absolutely. escape me, right? So I think what's interesting is that like the Merovingian has been brought low because inevitably he was going to be deleted, Um and was saved i don't know how he escaped i mean we speculate or whatever but he did but to see him right as like this ranting raving like person who doesn't have a place in this world like is so fascinating to me i think like it's funny yeah. And it's it's also like trying to say something, but because he is so ranting and raving, he can't even get his own point out. And right. like I had to watch, you know, with subtitles like several times <laughs> to try to figure out what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, for me, it, it, their presence there was, you know, for nothing more, I think, than for those people who are like ranting about like oh the matrix was the end of society and like it it heralded the like all the problems that we now see and blah 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 and like taking fox news things here and facebook things here whatever like i i i I don't know i see it as like he has nothing more to add (laughs) to the story that and so i think you know the presence really is just kind of this comedic moment but it is interesting because he had so much power in the second and third film to see that yeah. the analyst and I think Smith to a degree have completely taken away any use for his power yeah. is really yeah. it really clues the the audience in that this matrix is so different yeah. than the previous mm-hmm. versions yeah. of the matrix. I think he's he's yeah. compared to like you know, programs who got purged and probably didn't deserve it. He was the, probably the most deserving to get purged because he's probably the most obsolete at this point. Like he, well, maybe it entertains the analyst, yeah, you know, keep him around, whatever, maybe. to like keep him around as this like you know blithering idiot where he's been like they scooped a little piece of his like cognitive fucking you know programming out to make him not be able to complete a thought. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know? 
here's the deal. So if the analyst is really just fucking with everybody who's plugged into the matrix, which I think is pretty much his MO, right? Mm -hmm. I think obviously it would give him glee to bring the Merovingian low to -hmm. this place where he has no home or possessions. He's essentially, you know, this fringe character amongst these, you know, people who are fighting but are exiles right Mm -hmm. but i do think that you don't acquire that much power and influence and throw them away right because at Mm -hmm. any moment the analyst could be like i could use you for something and Mm -hmm. could be quote-unquote benevolent to him for some terrible ends but that hasn't happened yet and he's just an amusement he keeps him around hobbled and then he'll remove the like shackles when he needs them, kind of. Well, right, because like you said, coin ops. This is the scene where Smith says, "I won't have his leash on my neck anymore." Right, you know yeah. where you yeah. get to see just how involved the analyst is, and not, which is so different from the architect. Like the architect yes. did not have any kind of interest in being amongst the humans, or right. or even um, having the kind of chess moves that that the analyst does like he is a well-removed god in a tower literally Mm -hmm. right and so he is dispassionate he is disinterested he's aloof and you know he is removed from the the matrix as much as he can be surrounded by screens that will allow him brief glimpses of people's lives right Mm -hmm. but the analyst is not that in any way shape or form no he walks among them yeah you know, like he, he, he keeps he them acts close. Like them. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's definitely the most. He's petty yeah. when when he when he's like when he kind of breaks out of his therapist character. It, there's a transformation there. Like, uh, you know, take he takes off the glasses and he becomes so much more animated and mm-hmm. excited about you know just fucking with everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's yeah. oh man, he's so good. Great, film. great. And I mean, mm-hmm. his his desire for chaos is ex- purely exploitative. I mean, he, yeah, right. it's so funny because he talks about cost in a way we have never heard. In yes. The Matrix. yes. Right. He's like, yeah. I've, I've, uh, what he's like, I've overshot my production values every quarter. He talks about how expensive it was to keep yeah. Neo and Trinity's bodies. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. that to me was like, what are you talking is about? Is he talking about yeah, like right. energy he is, exertion? He's a new kind of AI. Yeah. Or he's uh, more open about well, the he's an analyst yeah yeah that's true like and in a like a literal sense not just a therapist you know what something I, mean? like, I also really liked about this was i don't know if i don't remember if this was in like the second or third movies at all but he refers to people who are plugged into the matrix as copper tops mm-hmm. and yes, bugs does too and then yeah. switch does in um yep. in the very first film she says right. you know listen to me copper top and yeah. i looked to that on the matrix wiki and apparently it's a derogatory name for blue pills because mm, you are turned into a battery like an yeah. like mm-hmm. an energizer or a, a duracell battery like mm-hmm. like morpheus holds up in the clever game. i like yeah that. it's smart yeah never thought about that that's interesting which is a callback yeah. to duracell yeah, yeah that was yeah, duracell was i said energizer the... i meant duracell yeah no 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 right oh god i didn't even i'm sorry i was like thinking about all of that whole like my god this goes back to everything like they yeah yep oh it's it's so it's It's so so much so so this fight basically what it does is it it kind of like it's just a big back and forth where you know smith Smith is given his uh i don't know like his his 
it has to be this way kind of yeah. speech. Yeah. I guess, you know, like, you know, uh, they, they try the whole like super fast punching bag punch, but it doesn't really work because like homeboy ducks out of the way and he's about to hit him with like a fucking God damn it, a sink. Yeah, he's going to he's going to yeah. do like killing. He's below throwing with a sink. He's throwing the kitchen sink at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's this what this movie's been doing up to this point, really. Yeah. And and like it's just every possible Well it's like you know, Smith loves this shit. He loves the like this is their relationship. This is their love making in a well, lot here, of ways, is just but he, beating yes. the shit out of each other. Yes. And yes. Because and it goes on for so yeah, long. Yeah, it's a good fight like, scene. I like yeah. it when we actually get yeah. to see oh, yeah. him duke it out. It's like, no, this is Smith's love language because that's all he he's such a vicious asshole. This is all he's got. Like yes. Yeah, 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 and he's well, not. He could kill that. him, but he it's doesn't. True, you know what I mean? Especially with the actor they have to play him, where it's like you get the sense, it's like, no, nah, he he really likes this, <laughs> and it's way yeah. more obvious yeah. now. So there's some dialogue to that degree where he says, "This is an appeal to reason," but the first thing he says after he says that is, "You never appreciated our relationship." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he talks about the analyst. He's like, uh, you never appreciated our relationship, not like the analyst. He used our bond and turned it into a chain. And um, I'm so glad that you talked about how fighting is like lovemaking, um, because uh, we yeah. before we were before we were recording, we were talking about um how there's this Barbara Kruger piece. Uh, Barbara Kruger is an artist and she has this iconic piece um, that you could see it's formally untitled, but what it is, is it's a photograph. She used pho photography in her work and then would overlay text mm -hmm. with it. And um, there's this one, it's an image. It's a black and white image of two young men like wrestling or like play fighting or something. And the mm -hmm. text to that is you construct intricate rituals, which allow you to touch the skin of other men and to, <laughs> I love that. to me like it's very clear that the subtext of smith and neo's relationship becomes text in a lot Man. of ways through yep. the fighting um i mean jonathan groff is also an out actor um mm -hmm. some of this is talked about in a a video that i want to plug um we haven't talked about it as much but um, it's called The Matrix Sequels Are Good, actually. <laughs> and it is called, uh, or that's the title. And then the uh, people who made it, it is Sophie from Mars and Sarah Zedig. Um, it's about an hour and a half. So it is an investment to watch it. But it yeah. talks about the queer readings of hmm. um, specifically the, the second and third films. Um, and part of... It, like I think Smith's casting in Resurrections is brought up in that, I believe. Um, hmm, okay. But the overtones of it are are it's so clear. Yeah, I like, think. This yeah. like it's inescapable. Yeah. It, when you mention that, it's almost like this is a Smith who's come out. He's no longer the G man anymore. Like he's this constricted person. Like he wears fucking yeah. sunglasses now. He that aren't his. He doesn't wear socks. He doesn't wear socks. He wears nice clothing. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. So <laughs> I have a note here that I think some of you guys might appreciate because you were talking about comic books. And yeah. so when Smith um, first encounters uh, Thomas Anderson in the fight sequence with Morpheus 2.0 and the rain and everything, when he his trigger 
uh, comes and he is ecstatic in stepping back into Smith and he yells, Mr. Anderson, just right. like Hugo Weaving yeah. did. He says, I've missed you, um, which is yeah. an echoed line um, from a line that Smith gives in the original trilogy. Um, but it's much more personal. It's much more like a affectionate almost and what i wrote down is this reminds me how previous versions of the one experienced love in a much more general way neo experiences it romantically with trinity Um, i said i wonder if something similar could be happening with smith since he was deleted but brought back he has obviously changed um his DSI, his self-image, he's no longer Hugo Weaving, he is Jonathan Groff, but his connection with Neo that he spoke about in Reloaded has also changed. And I Mm -hmm. said, honestly, it has a similar vibe to me to the Dark Knight's Joker and Batman when he said, totally seriously, you complete me. Yeah. 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 The, like, two different sides of the same coin kind of shtick. Which is what the Oracle says. She says Mm -hmm. that he is his negative, his you know, his, 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 his yang or, or whatever. I mean, she doesn't use those terms, yeah, but yeah. she says that he is, he, he is Neo's opposite. Yeah. And yeah. So in a lot of, yes. In a lot of ways, like they are kind of the same, but yeah, yeah. there's so much like queer uh, emoting, I would say in this film that is, you know, Smith has this affection for him that is, not something that you saw very much of in Reloaded and Revolutions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. He does, but it's not coded that way as obviously, I would Maybe say. Maybe didn't know how to explain well, no, it. They, uh, they didn't code uh, Morpheus's character as obviously either. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. But I mean, for, for all that, though, it was always the two of them being presented as opposites. Yeah, correct. And mm-hmm. this, like, throughout the film. You could infer it, but here, it's straight up, they're same. Yeah. Like, yeah. this film is, like, almost like a, a correction on the previous films. Not that it's correcting the events of them, but it's correcting the criticisms. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and, no, yeah. this is what we were trying to fucking say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that, that yeah, fits, in with, the, this fits in with the story because this is maturing of Smith as a character where he's to the point where he could. And again, you know, this is a Smith who thought he was human. You know, maybe this is yeah. just him being able yeah. to actually come out and say that because. <laughs> and we're also seeing the leverage of the creator. Yes. here because they were begging him to make a fucking sequel. And, yeah. you know, I was like, all right, motherfuckers, here's what's up. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many queer characters many. in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I love it. There's Bugs, uh, who I, I'm reading as non-binary, I think, with how much she talks about, like, going beyond the binary. Yeah, um, yeah. And right, yeah. With her holding... So that word, binary, the, is used so many times. So much, so times. yeah. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the film, like, you know, Bugs is holding Lexi in a pretty intimate way. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel anything other than romantic. Um, I would mm. say Niobe... Um, and Freya, their relationship mm-hmm. also reads very queer to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, then Berg, who is the quote unquote neologist. I hate that. <laughs> My friend lost his shit when he when he heard that word. It was funny because I cringe. I cringe. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I will. He hated that. it. Um, but like, there's this. He has this throwaway line where he's like. I wasn't sure because he's so much older. You know, he's like the hair, the beard. And he's like, no, he totally does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, there's this phrase that used to and still goes around. I would say the, the future is female, but it, it kind of has been there have been other 
versions of this, which is like the future is queer and trans and non-binary. And so it's like that feels similar in a way Mm -hmm. where like there are so many queer coded relationships here that it's like. Well, here's the thing, too, is that there it's not like it's just it's just presented. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like um, trumpeted necessarily. It's what what it is, is it's it, it imagines a place in a time where you just don't sweat it. Yeah. Which is yeah. like just a problem most straight people have is they sweat it. Well, not most, but like a lot of straight people have a real problem when they see like two guys holding hands. And I was like, hey, look, whatever, man. It's yeah. an extra parking space if you think about it. And they might adopt a kid, you know, yeah. solve a pro- two problems at once. And, you know, it's like it, it, you, you try to reach like some of these fucking people on like a practical level about mm-hmm. these things. You just want to imagine like a future where it's not taken for granted. It's just there yeah it's not preachy either like, you know it it's just yeah yeah like i said it's just there it's, it was really nice actually I, I think there's been a lot of well yeah i think there's been a lot of moves i think in, in, in like media but just like in general like if you live in a city i don't even know that i can't even say that i you know worked in a plastic plant there was a gay dude i worked with and he had to keep it super fucking secret but he was like cool telling me about it and stuff and like i don't know we'd go get whiskey every now and again he was cool shit didn't matter but he knew that he would get his ass kicked by some of the fucking people in the plant. It's a little different in the cities where you can actually have like a larger community and like, yeah. I'm sorry about the dog in the background, uh, you know, but like, and you, you can go to a, a not, you know, like, like a safe place, yeah. like a, a place where it's, it's more of a community. And then like the arguments that you have within that community, you're just interpersonal. It's not, you know, cultural, yeah. you know, Cause like I don't know, I could think of a bunch of ravers who are pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like in my own little subgroup, is it? Is it yeah, no, the city's you know definitely I mean? something where it's like, yeah, you want you're in a place where it's more normal, at least whether it's the, whether you stick well, in mean, community yeah. or not. It's more the fact that it's not such a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, no. you don't have as I many mean, eyes on you uh, when you're in the city. You can blend in a little bit more. I mean, I had very early exposure to it because, like, my babysitter two doors down, son was gay, and he he was cool as shit. Yeah. We would just, you know, like, when she'd have to go run to the store, we'd watch fucking Sesame Street. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, there was no big deal. We had uh, Jackie Diamond was a trans woman in the 70s in Youngstown who was, like, a big deal. And no one talked shit about her. Yeah. And, like... Wow it's just yeah i mean and it was just that thing i just grew up and there were just people around and it was like all right whatever you know whatever i think like it helps well no it just helps to be exposed to things that was my experience i mean i'll go ahead i think i think that um i mean the the you know escape to the city myth i think is um it's hard Mm. like there aren't you know there are problems in the queer community just as there are yeah other communities like the racism the fat phobia the ableism um those are all present in the misogyny well yeah misogyny Mm -hmm. uh misogyny trans misogyny um you know colorism all of those things like they're still present in the queer community and i think that like the problem is also like you know sometimes there are like rich white cis queers you know who are donating to politicians who (laughs) you know are making making trouble for people who are you know in the community and part of the community but also like not your kind of queer you know what i mean um well it's yeah it's true like no no 
that's the problem with this. And that's why like the analyst is so dangerous is that like no group is a monolith. Yeah. Anytime you get like within any subgroup, like just working around here in D.C. and stuff like that, you'd be surprised at how many people voted for Trump that were not who you would think. Yeah. You know, and they're not exactly, you know, they don't have like the stars and bars or whatever, like a patch on their hat. Like they're just uh, I mean, and from I, all over. I met a uh, a black guy that uh, I mean, it's not like. Sure. Uh, no, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Common, like that but, people from uh, out of the country, oh, all common. kinds of people loved them. And it was just like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. And, well, and that's the problem when you approach it with like a broad stroke. You're, you, if you like, you know, pass some kind of fucking legislation that shuts like one specific thing down, you know, and it's like, why? Like the the rules should be that whole consent thing it needs to be exchanged or it doesn't happen that should be the rule you know make that the thing yeah the things that should be I, expected I just, you know that this movie's a lot of it's, I, it's just this movie's the amount of well go ahead <laughs> no it's just like the amount of people who are bothered by shit that will never fucking affect them like whatsoever yeah yeah. yeah that's what just there's well, so much because, shit that you actually need you to know worry someone's about. someone's shouting at them with a fucking red face on the television telling well, them what to care about indoctrination right. you know that's a f- it's yeah. the fact that you, things cannot just be it's the fact that like uh i'm trying to bring it back to the film it's the you know the fact <laughs> <laughs> things that just like people just can't let things just be they can't oh my brain is trying to i lost my thought god it's, damn it we're going on three hours folks i mean the madness yeah. is setting in <laughs> my I god mean, i think yeah if, if you'll allow me, um, and I, I recognize that I'm um, taking up a lot of space here, but I oh, do. No, this is the, awesome. Hey, I, no, I want this conversation. This <laughs> yes, is this, awesome. For the sake, I was, I was like, hey, if you have two hours, cool. But like now that we're at three, we're like, <laughs> yo, how long four you got? hours. That's great. Um, hang out, not. I'm happy to do it. I, I do think for the sake of our brains um, <laughs> I, and and getting to the film, we can maybe talk about getting to the end uh maybe talk about the love story i think like getting getting to because i think that a lot of people said that they were surprised about that i think to me i can understand that because the i think that you know trinity saying i love you at the end of the first film i was like okay (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. little eye rolly yeah, and like saying you can't be dead because I love you was right. a little yeah. Yeah, 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 like and but the funny thing about that is that sort of gets fixed in this movie mm. because as the analyst says they needed each other mm-hmm. and he yeah. talks about how every sim where you two bonded let's just say bad things happened and mm-hmm. it really is that the two of them like people are like, oh, is Trinity also the one? I'm like, that's not even the most interesting thing about that. I think yeah. to me, like what they're talking about is this power, this like this incredible power of love mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. something that transcends, you know, are they soulmates? Like, is she the one? Like th- the exploration of that love is something that I'm much more interested in. And so like yeah. Yeah. people, I think, there's been some talk about like you know is this you know is this good i think you know for me (laughs) like this is not the only situation where something like this happens i thought Mm -hmm. off the top of my head i can name the good place um and the black mirror episode hang the dj um along Mm. with arguably the uss callister from black mirror where Mm -hmm. a group of people or two people 
they they love each other, I think, to a degree, maybe less so with the USS Callister. But I think um, with Hang the DJ, that is a romantic relationship where they are put through a thousand. I have thought uh, that I have thought about that uh, episode a lot. Yes. And at the end, it is in the service of this dating app, right? But, yeah, that's the ter- terrifying existential part of it for correct. me. <laughs> yes, but the idea is is that like the power that they're talking about is not Trinity's oneness necessarily. Yeah. It is, you know, their love. And yeah. I, I did yeah. some looking at quotes on love, but I want you guys to talk about that for a little, a little bit. I think just to to. What 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 does that mean to you that Trinity is so central to Neo's place as the one? Well, I guess for me, um, I've been reading Neo's relationship with Trinity as uh essentially trying to accept like say a trans woman who wants who is trying to accept herself. And I've I, I know a lot of trans people um who have a lot of body issues, a lot of difficulty making a love uh, for themselves manifest in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I, yeah. I suppose that this is like, this is in, in that vein, I suppose this would be practicing, trying to learn how to in earnest practice that self-love. Mm. Um, I but, can see that. Yeah, yeah. it's that. A, I like the balance of masculine and feminine. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. and that's that's also, I think, kind of what they're trying to get. Well, the yin yang thing, is, right? Like the concept of yeah. the two halves of oneself coming together to form a whole. You know. Well, if well, we I mean, if we read uh, if we read like Neo's relationships with other characters in the original trilogy, you know, uh, then that kind of paints Smith as like essentially well neo would be i suppose the ego um and then smith is essentially toxic masculinity um trinity is if i'm gonna oversimplify things just caustically um i then and then that would make trinity like neo's sort of or I would, I suppose, make Lana's, if this is, if this, this really seems like not uh, Lana's, like, most personal work yet. Uh, yeah. Um, and, well, I, like, some, most, based in many ways on her own life, her own for experiences. Sure. Um, yeah, because... I totally saw, like, a couple layers to this, too. Like, well, there's there's that, which I hadn't quite considered. Yeah. The one level it works for me because in terms of story, I want to see my two favorite characters get together and kiss. Yeah. On another level, you consider that the main thrust of like the whole narrative really up to this point has been propping up Neo. Yeah. You know, kind of he's this like he's masculine. It's Keanu yeah. Reeves kicking the shit out of things. Right. It's the, all of these things that are like classically considered to be masculine. But here at the end of the movie, it's he's doubtful. You know what I mean? He's never thought of himself as the one. Yeah. Everyone else did. And he was just like, nah, I just did cool shit and got and to I fly really and love stuff. that. But then, a lot, actually. Yeah. But when, when they <laughs> yeah. jump. Yeah, no, so do I. But when they jump and they're holding hands and she can fucking fly and she's holding him up, this is 
the passing of the torch because the flying yeah. was like classically Neo's shtick. And now what he has is basically deflection or whatever, like the ability to stop the kitchen sink from clobbering him in the head. Yeah. The and ability to stop bullets. He's like the defender now. You know what I mean? He's the shield. And now she's like, whatever. If, if flight is the thought that like Lana had in terms of transition wanting to fly wanting to be like herself now this might be an allegory to that moment of trust in the passing of the torch yeah. from being like the masculine to the feminine it could be i don't know again dude <laughs> straights is dude married you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. pretty fun, yeah pretty fun I mean, coded. but like yeah. if i if if i'm you know trusting the narrative and i'm trusting the artist and everything and it, just taking what they're offering i, I, I can see that because they have called out all of this criticism up to this point in the movie. All the, like, you know, it's meta as shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like this movie, without actually looking at you and winking, this movie is breaking the fourth wall all over the place in oh, really yeah. fucking oh, fun yeah. ways. And, you know, moving these pieces around. And here, here we have, like, the ultimate expression of that where she's flying. Yeah. She's free. And, you know, she's saving what she loved. Yeah. Neo, which is basically, you know, the matrix the video game <laughs> like hanging off of her you know i i that's the moment where i i was misty at the end of this fucking movie yeah. even when he's like doing this cool like here let me like chuck this rocket at you motherfucker like that was like i'm like ah all right that's cool yeah. that's the thing i haven't the way, seen yet. Yeah. the way the romance was portrayed in this movie was more touching than than like, most most of the stuff in oh yeah the uh like previous trilogy just combined yeah yeah, yeah. honestly right? yeah it was way more effective oh, i found man. myself kind of going like this is yeah, yeah. way more weight to like, see <laughs> the conflict in both of the characters faces and just oh well man. it's unrestrained they, yeah. creation here like this is this is after the transition yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like this yeah. is living with it for a while and also everything else that she said in the interviews about processing grief and stuff yeah. it's yeah. a new perspective it's that thing on the train where it's the tiny mirror and they're like it gets bigger the closer you get to it <laughs> oh god yeah like uh-huh yeah this movie's loaded yeah. i'm telling you like it's got Man. there's a uh, lot it's a love letter to you you know what i mean yeah, like that's yeah. what this movie is it's fucking beautiful and, and it's, really fun uh, and it's god it's brilliant it's I really liked it. I, I, you know, I, would say, I would say that this it's it's not groundbreaking the way that the original movie was. However, it like it it's but pretty it's fucking touring close with its own in, story. Yeah, it like it's it's novel in a in so many different ways. Yes, and <laughs> and it's it may be brilliant. It may be genius. I mean, yeah. it, in as many ways as the the original was. So. Yeah. In terms of the concepts that it toys and it draws from and it decides to, you know, like stitch together to tell this new kind of it's it's literally two films like you're just yeah. you're yeah. you are remembering the old films as yeah. you're watching this because you're like, I know that scene. I know that's it, but it's fucking just a it's a knuckle in your ribs. Yeah. yeah. It's like well, hey, it's the, uh, it's the, the deja vu. Cat. Well, oh, the deja vu cat. I mean, yeah. it, and it's it's slapping <laughs> God, you in the I face. I love that too. Oh, man. And it's slapping you in the face with this stuff while hiding other stuff underneath it. Yeah. Well, then, what, would, what would be your take on that? Like, like, man, just little stuff. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I love the fact that, uh, that you know, people can simply just teleport to completely different locations just by yeah. stepping through a door. Like that scene on the uh, the bullet train 
Oh, uh, yeah. The sliding door closes and opens. Yeah. Train. Yeah. And then the rocket yeah. that blows the fucking wall off. Oh. Yeah. I feel like, so this, that was a good this fight does too. really seem like something a little bit more in line with maybe the ori- like the original, original vision for, uh, uh, for the Matrix as well. Um, mm. But the ideas are evolved and... And, and, and like the CG is also excellent too, and yeah. and I mean that's a big complaint about uh, Re- uh, Reloaded and Revolutions uh, is, and so going into that when I watched them, I was like, okay, I can see what they were trying to do. I really enjoyed like that scene where Neo is kicking all those Smiths' ass. Mm-hmm. Asses. I don't know how to pluralize <laughs> right stick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like, and then it's this 360 degree camera fight with just like, it's the swarms essentially um, yeah, that you yeah. see in this. The movie. technology wasn't uh, quite there yet, so everybody just it wasn't like stick there. Yeah, 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 it was really bad. Right. It, it's yeah, it's Blade Runner Black Lotus uh, animation. That's but you know what? For that reason, it makes it almost seem like a period piece. That's yeah, fair. This really, is the it available does. technology, fair, you know, technology at the time. Yeah, and I guess watching it, you know, I, I I didn't actually watch the sequels until I was something like twenty five or so. So I uh, I was well prepared for <laughs> for that bullshit. But oh yeah, yeah. Well, Damon, yeah. So yeah, bring us home. What do you think? <laughs> so um. Okay, well, well, I think that one of the things that I was really moved by is the idea of love, the transformative power of love. Um, yeah. I really appreciated mm-hmm. what was being said about how this could be seen as a metaphor of a trans woman loving that part of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The integration of that into you as an individual i think that that is and well i think i i also want to say sorry uh no please please interrupt well i i think the way that the metaphor is framed as well uh makes it seem like this is a thing i mean well this is a slightly more universal theme too but it's that's something that you have to keep practicing is learning how to uh appreciate like appreciate yourself um it's not even the matter of like it's just the stereotypical you gotta fight for it you love and it's well well it's a struggle it It is a struggle for yourself and for other people and i always i do like the duality like having this love metaphor as both the sense of self but also just for another person and how hard that it can be like you know it's god it is such a rare thing to see an uplifting positive message like that and not feel like it was phoned in in some way I know, right? because I feel like <laughs> right. I see that so often and it's so rare that you see something an expression that's so earnest and that's why the Wachowskis are like that's that's why their stuff is typically very good because they put their self their themselves into it just have a romance as much that as they like can make me feel it was phoned in you know where I'm yeah you know, yeah where I'm like yeah, yeah exactly yeah and, yeah. and, and, you know, this, this super positive, happy, fun ending, too. They even, like, threw in a line about how painting the sky with rainbows. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah. They, they're, <laughs> yeah. They just, they blow everything out in this. It's really fun. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine not enjoying this movie. I enjoyed it more the second time. Yeah. But even, well, I, no, Kate, worried. My brain. 
Um, <laughs> demon. <laughs> is it a, demon help. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a few threads I want to braid together, and hopefully we can. This is a nice way to maybe end. Um, so okay. I'm. It's all sort of coalescing in my brain at the moment. So hopefully yeah. it makes a sort of sense. Yeah, I, I should make note that I am like literally coming right off of watching it uh, this yeah, morning. So that's great. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. I so this is, this is my fresh takes. That's amazing. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a few things here. Um, one of the things that has been talked about is the idea of consent. And mm. I think that it's so important to me that Trinity is the person who makes the decision on if she goes, um, even though, you know, so much is riding on her being extracted from the matrix. Like it has to be her decision. Um, I think that that in and of itself, I feel like could be, you know, a two hour conversation about like, uh, (laughs) you know, how, how many things can we apply that to? Like it has to be your decision, you know, when you are, um, I would say if you want to come out, if you want to stay closeted, I think the other thing is, is like, you know, people are, 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 I think living closeted existences. And that is also a choice that they make with eyes open, yeah. you know, yeah. that is yeah. not something that they're necessarily doing out of cowardice or, um, or anything other than this is my choice as well. Um, so I think mm-hmm. like her choosing to leave the matrix um and neo respecting that choice so much um like when they first go to simulate at the very end right and she at first chooses not to go with him he's going mm-hmm. to he's going to <laughs> turn himself over to the analyst and they're going to unplug him yeah. like I, I i just so appreciated that moment because it's so necessary mm-hmm. i think yeah that whole to scene too had like yeah. i don't know it it had a unique weight that I didn't that you haven't seen in this series it's so tense. before with all it's... with all these like SWAT cops and uh, and mm-hmm. FBI agents all around in this coffee house and just gentrification, man. I'm telling you, it's fucked yeah. up because <laughs> it's like it's not. It doesn't start off as a shootout. It becomes one, but the like that's the finale. Yeah. But no, right? Yeah, it's just it's tense. really tense. It's just loaded. It's just, it's Chekhov's coffee shop. Yeah, basically, like to the point where I kind of felt that maybe the analyst scrubbed all the SWAT members from revision or something because, like, mm. how, how did she end yeah. up there in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Did she get a feeling? Which is probably what. God, happened. I love it when Chad like runs in and he's like, "Hey, we gotta go." Oh, I don't know what you're doing here, but uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> even Chad. He's so disconnected from her life or her experience that he can't even tell like what is happening. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was yeah it was really um so i think like to his face neo being willing to give himself up mm-hmm. um on trinity's word um because mm-hmm. he would not want to live a life without her i think was um very powerful it like shook yeah. me i think a bit more than i thought it would um and then um there's something that we were talking about earlier in reference to the analyst which was um uh, Shadow Link, it may have been you who was saying this. I, I, I don't want to misattribute it, but someone was talking about the some people just don't want to be vulnerable and open themselves up to the idea yeah. of someone poking around in their brain or that's how they maybe view that. But like mm. it is vulnerable as fuck 
to love somebody. You know what I mean? Like you have to open yourself up to be known, to be uh, loved, to be cared for in in an authentic way that is uh, abandoning those scripts of what we imagine, you know, the script of what our lives are supposed to be, right? You're supposed to get married, you have the kids, you do the white picket fence or whatever, but like being so vulnerable to open yourself up to sharing your heart, your life with another person, whether that is platonic or romantic, I should say, like knowing somebody um, in that kind of very intimate way is an amazing act of vulnerability, right? And so I think... Um, one of the things that I did when looking up love was, so one of our great theorists passed away very recently, Bell Hooks, um, black, uh, feminist theorist. Um, and, and I recommend people checking out her work. Um, but I, I opened up her book called all about love. Um, it's, something that was very early for me when I first started on my path of coming out and um, has stayed with me. And so I I looked at it again and there, she uses a couple of quotes here um, that are from other folks, but was buried in her text. And and one of them was this quote from Thomas Merton. um, And he has this essay called love and need. And I'm just going to read this quote Uh, It says, love is, in fact, an intensification of life, a completeness, a fullness, a wholeness of life. Life curves upward to a peak of intensity, a high point of value and meaning at which all its latent creative possibility go into action. And the person transcends himself or herself in encounter, response, and communion with another. It is for this that we came into the world. This communion and self-transcendence, we do not become, uh, this communion and self-transcendence, we do not become fully human until we give ourselves to each other in love. Mm. And like, I think about like, when you talk about human sentience, you talk about um, being part of the real world, like, that's what that sounds like to me, right? Mm. (laughs) And I think like, when they talk about love, they're not talking about this cheap fairy tale they're talking about like real love that people are fucking terrified to do (laughs) right like oh yeah you know this is the era of ghosting and you know like hookup culture and hookup apps and things like that and i think like people are afraid i think of love in a very real way i'm not discounting myself from that conversation either i think to be known to be vulnerable to be um so out of control in some ways, like I think it's terrifying for people, you know? So the idea of, of putting that onto film and having that sort of be the centerpiece of a lot of what is being said to me feels really beautiful. And I think the Mm -hmm. people who reject that I reach for Mm -hmm. a quote from bell hooks um, in this book, which just shouted out to me and it's very short, but she says, Ultimately, cynicism is the great mask of the disappointed and betrayed heart. And I just think about like people who are like, no, that sucked. (laughs) Or like, and I'm I'm not saying you you have to love this movie. I'm not saying you have to look at this the way I do or any of of you do. 
Uh, you don't have to like this movie. But what I am saying is for people to look at this message of love and say mm -hmm. that sucks or that's stupid or whatever, I think is betraying this broken heart, you know? Kind of telling on yourself. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 I mean. Well, here, and here's the thing. Like, as long as you're open to, you know, a film, whatever it is. If you're open to like what it's going to show you with like very little prep or anything like that, you know, if it's complicated for you, like think about it, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's all, you know, we're, no one's keeping fucking score. Like no one gives a shit. You know, like I like this movie independently of our, all of us liking it, you know, here in this room. Yeah. And it's for all of the reasons that we just discussed for like three and a half fucking hours. And it's, it's just, you can just like the shit you like, yeah. you know, on some level, not, you should also yeah. examine those things. And why do you like, not them? everything has to be a you meme know? either where it's like, you know, that no. we, yeah. uh, things society, at least I, I'm calling the internet society, God, but every, like it's <laughs> well, at, at the, the moment. moment. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's like, not everything has to be a joke and not like you can express yourself as a serious fucking adult about the things you're feeling. Yeah. And I think with a movie that's being so honest about like real fucking adult emotions it's presenting to an audience that i don't know communicates through me that they like i don't know and it's playful it is like it's not yeah. a dour affair that's the thing about it that fucking yeah. made me just love mm -hmm. it at the end of the day like not only was i laughing my ass off that first half hour it just kept stacking and giving me things <laughs> yeah. and i was just like oh, i think that was well, their attempt to like that was definitely their attempt to sort of shake off the uh Sort of dour masculinity, uh, yeah. Uh, kind of Frank Miller esque grittiness. Yeah, I love that meme where it's like gun, like Frank Miller sitting at a desk. It's like this four panel comic, and it's like a guns to his head, and it's like you have to write this script, but like if you if you say anything, like you cannot type the word whore. Oh, God. So like <laughs> in the second panel, he's sitting there sweating. Yeah. Yep. And like in the third panel, he puts a W down, and in the fourth panel, it's just like the whole fucking text bubble is like horse, 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 and the, <laughs> gun, the gun gets cocked. You know, uh, it's Frank Miller. What a shame because I always liked. I, <laughs> what I, a I shame. love dumb shit yeah. like that. Like, like the, yeah. But this, this was what what made this so like fun for me too is that it's it's someone who came up with this, mm -hmm. yeah. who is re-examining their own work. And poking yeah, fun what at a treat it. that and is. Like, oh, yeah. so rarely get that. I, this is yeah. and twenty years gonna, later. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the thing is, is as you age, I'm not saying that you become more sentimental or you become soft or any of that shit. What I'm saying is, oh. like, you need different things at different parts of your life. Yeah. Like, how many 100%. lifetimes has Lana Wachowski lived between 1999 and now? You know what I mean? Any, like, yeah. And any, that's really. pre 911. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pre so many things. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. when the Matrix first came out, the internet is not what it is now. You know oh. what I mean? So like, Nokia why? flip phones were the bomb, yo. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that like it was so fucking weird I, back then. The past two years has really been so horribly crushing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and for me, yeah. like making it out alive is something i am thankful for you know at the end of the day like i i well, 
I wouldn't say we're out of this yet. No, (laughs) I'm not trying to say that either. But what I am saying is like, I'm really desperately trying to not give into that nihilistic memification hip in my brain Mm. that's just like, oh, it's the end time. So la 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 la, you know, like, and it's really fucking hard because you have to sit in how fucking terrible everything is. You have to feel your feelings, you know, and like, for me, like, the futurity of this movie, like the the things that it's saying in a way that is, even though it is not subtle, I do not feel like it is the heavy handed didactic tone of those second two movies. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Even Absolutely. if my feelings about them have changed, like yeah. those movies are, <laughs> it, is yeah, it is heavy philosophy. Yes. They- Oh, yeah. def- well, they definitely learn with this one, I think, especially totally. with like, the sentience that are freed from the Matrix, because uh, I, I and I think that's what the commentary is meant to be. I think they're supposed to show that, you know, it's not quite as blue and orange as we make it. Yeah. Right. And yes. they also made fun of the talkiest motherfucker in the film, which was the Merovingian. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes, man, that man. was. Yeah. So I, I think for me, I'll, I think that maybe I'll wind towards end on this, which is just like, I don't think that because someone doesn't agree, it is automatically bad. <laughs> and right. I, I think that it is not a cheap ploy to imagine a future where things can be better. Like, I think hanging on to love hanging on to community um, and real real authentic connections. Right. They're the things that make us human. They're the things that we live for. They're the things that we become, you know, real, real beings, you know? And so that for me is in, in this really terrible moment, like those things are incredibly not just comforting to me, but they're important and special. And, uh, I'm just so grateful that I live in a time that I can see this kind of art yeah. again, you know, yeah, like, especially this, such this is up there with the first so high profile. Yeah. So yeah. that that's me, boys. How about that, you? Would you? What you everything you just said I'm was very it. beautiful. Honestly, yeah, I, just, I agree. I couldn't possibly yeah. put a cap on that. Yeah, I, no, seriously. I just want to say I just want to make a comment. I don't know. Just. All the things that are rattling around in my brain, I, I realize now that like this, it's interesting because uh, Lana and Larry started working on the original trilogy, you know, when they weren't out, but they knew. Lana and Lily, you mean? Lana and Lily, yeah. Sorry, uh, what did I say? Lana and uh, Dead Name. So. Yeah. Oh I'll... shit! Sorry, I'm sorry. Ugh. It's a lot of alliteration, also. Um, yes. Um, yes. But anyways, uh, so Lana and Lily, when they started on the first one, um, I, I think that I get the sense that this journey that they take us on wouldn't have been possible without the early internet. I I, I feel as though a lot well, of no, the trans community uh, went uh, when the internet came around. That's when it. That's when it the seed was planted and that's what has allowed it to flourish. I think is the existence of the internet, the uh, existence of a place where people feel as though at least that they can present themselves the way that they, ha- with 
their residual self image. Well, that was explored in the original films, but it's with yeah. this, it's more of it again. It's like with this film, it's such a maturing of all of these themes, where it's like such a much deeper sense of like they tackle in, in yeah. with Neo and Trinity in this. It's like they're tackling both the external and the internal and external loves, and it's such a yeah. It's like I don't know, Damon, you said it's so much better than i can well, i can't even yeah, like i guess better I can't I, even, that's that's like better but i said it I, beautiful I what guess, you said was like truly i guess beautiful. the point I the point that i was trying to make yeah. well, i mean and well this this movie definitely takes that into account it definitely takes in like the not just you know the changes that would have happened in universe but the changes that have happened out outside the universe. yes absolutely and yes. It's super, well, you know, that, because it's that's super the meta aspect. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the meta aspect of it. it yeah. It's it's the ability for it to operate on various different Io, levels. Io again, which like Io on off, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Zion without the with not the Z in the end, but um, which one? Uh, the um, shoot, I forgot where I was going. Give me a sec. That's okay. No, it's okay. Um, I the well. Because what Io reads to me as is that community that you come into once you realize that you're part of a different community, that you're part of the queer community, essentially, um, or uh, a community that you can find. Uh, uh, and that's, I'm sure that it had, you know, a large presence on the early internet. Um, but that's that's the point that I was trying to make, I guess. Um, uh, is that we've I mean, essentially the, the got we've got basic. like everything that this movie is telling us about just in a different way and that's what makes it an allegory so the... i think like so you know those communities existed prior to the internet and also yeah. the internet has yeah. facilitated the connection far more than i think i, I mean i don't want to say we could well, have that... imagined but i i think that like the the internet has allowed a visibility that is safer. I, I don't want to say yep. safe because there are people who right. are still being murdered every day, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And um, mostly trans people of color, you know, I, I say yeah. this as a white person. It's like, that's um, I, I it, it's, it is both. I, I have aspects of my identity that are misunderstood, demonized, and also like I exist in a very privileged space to do that. Now I try to um, follow people on the internet who are are given um, the opportunity to be visible, to be heard, uh -huh. to um, declare their humanity <laughs> in a way that yeah. I think that really people struggled to do prior to the internet. You know, I think like. Yeah. There's a real big conversation happening in the disabled community right now where, you know, the way in which the world sort of moved online in a way when the pandemic hit, like, that's where a lot of disabled people have been. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. the disabled mm -hmm. community has really been at the forefront of the the conversation about, you know, eugenics and the things that are happening, yeah. you yeah. know, to, to the people who are most vulnerable, you know, but it's like their community if if they if if the if the internet were to be different if it were to be um less available to you know the disabled community like that would be an enormous blow to yeah. people's 
just daily lives, um, oh, yeah. their their ability to have any kind of community. I think like having community, that love, that trust, that vulnerability with other people, like is it's something that has saved my life. I know in a very mm-hmm. literal yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I've said, I've said it before, even like this project here, this, this podcast is saving my ass. Like it's given me something to do where I couldn't be doing anything else, mm-hmm. you know, because of just the context in which we live. And the fact that even if it wasn't a fucking plague, it still isn't really like, they're not paying you enough anyway. Like all of this frustration is like, you know, it, it's alleviated to a certain degree by this connectivity, this ability to speak with people and just like stay in touch with folks that I've known forever, yeah. you know, like to, to even bring us to this moment. And it's like, I am not good isolated. One hundred percent. Like I'm good staying at home and shit. But like I need to see the world and I need to see people and, and talk yeah. to them and stuff like that. Like again, I'm an introvert. I don't really like, you know, hanging out in crowds and stuff or like or the, anything like that, but I can make do. And I do miss shows. And I do miss like going to like strange art, you know, gatherings and whatnot here and there and stuff like that. I I, I miss all of that stuff. And barring being able to do that, the ability to just do this instead helps yeah mm-hmm. you know it's trying to make a place where you know it's not just an asshole fest you know what i mean like yeah. Yeah. just hey yeah no let's exchange ideas because like you know the future is a lot of things and part of it is going to be mutual aid you know part of it is going to yeah. be the ability to direct resources to where they're needed most in a way that is just not fucking and that happening is in form of yeah. um like you were saying Oh, my brain is killing me. Uh, it's it's the it's the form <laughs> of um, vulnerability, though, to be in like this is something we all have to come to terms with is yeah. on the macro, the micro yeah. and the macro of our lives. It's hey, you, uh, yeah, you like, need to come to terms that's... with that is like if you need help, you can say that and, you know, I don't know, talk to your neighbor. Maybe they're cool. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's the fact that like, you know. Just understand that you need help and they probably need help too. But it's scary to admit that to ourselves in any any degree. And it's... Well, we're supposed to be doing the impossible. We're supposed to be picking ourselves up by our bootstraps, which mechanically, yeah. physically is Yeah, but if you try impossible. and do that, you're going to like yeah. flip over and like probably land on your neck. No, or... you're not. You're going to stand there like a jackass grabbing onto your bootstraps, not moving at all. That's the <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Jesus. When that That's term was that... originated, it was meant to meant, you know, describe it an was, impossible thing. It yeah. wasn't meant to be like, you know, fucking trickle down theory. It, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you gotta, God, I got to take uh, these dogs we, we, out well, because I, they gotta, I do just poop wanna... in the back. Yeah, we're, yeah then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I do just want yeah, to say yeah. this is sort of, I guess, a wrapping up conversation or, or comment, but just to say thank you guys for doing what you do. Oh, um, I, I've, listen, I've listened to the show and I, you know, it, it certainly helped me in those moments where I was like, I need to exist outside of my own shitty brain right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me like, listen to these three hearing- assholes. Yeah, like, <laughs> you guys talk about, you know, a veritable buffet of, <laughs> of subjects uh has been really great i you know i i really appreciate you giving me the space to talk um and to talk as much oh, as i did and, hey, you know what um, thank you so yes, much for doing I, this yes I thank you so you happy. Happy. what you <laughs> saved our asses that's what i don't you know did. About that. no 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 like you, <laughs> I you know the, I just, there are things you See, said in this show that were the most beautiful things that will never oh, <laughs> that, no. that we would have never like even approached or knew about or yeah. like 
man, I, I still didn't talk about like fascism or authoritarianism or all these oh, things. I, like, wrote we'll have you we'll back. back on that <laughs> one because yeah. yeah, fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep them notes, set them aside. We'll definitely yeah. get into that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a whole thing. You Thank so you so much Thank for you. your time. Uh, do you have anything you want to like promote? Yes. Um, um, me personally, no, I'm sort of in the middle of a few projects, but what I can do is I mentioned some sources here. I'm all about the, like, uh, taking the knowledge out of the ivory tower. So I'm happy to like give you guys liner notes. Um, so oh God, yes. your I'll put it in the... can find it on their own and, and, uh, meditate on whatever they want to. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'll put yeah. those in the show notes. So yeah, scroll down under, uh, yeah, the that, big uh... screed. Uh, the Matrix, well, the Matrix sequels aren't that bad, right? That uh, oh, yeah. podcast you were talking oh, about. Yes. Yeah, I'll definitely make sure to. I'll, I'll email CoinOps and uh, he can distribute. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, thank Sweet. you guys. So, yeah, and thank yeah, you, the- thank you at home for sticking with us for you know a good like the better part of four hours. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you told you this was gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. warned. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're on the internet. Uh, you know the deal. We 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 do. We got a Patreon. We, uh, we, uh, we big got shout out uh, to our Twitters. Uh, big shout to out again patrons. to our patrons. Yes, thank you, yeah, thank you guys for Patreon. Keep what us going. We had a new word for it. It was not Patreon because no. I'm not using that fucking word. <laughs> so we have a Patreon at uh, Patreon.com/slash Neon Dystopia. We are on Twitter yeah. at Neon Dystopia and at uh, L zero W L one F three T H. Hell yeah! And we're on. Uh, we're on Instagram now because we aren't that fancy. And, uh, <laughs> we also have merch now if you were so inclined at the lowlifecrapshop.com. Lowlife, the way that we spell it. Uh, right. L0WL1F3 crap shop, one word. Yeah. So that's, yeah, we got crap in there. Join our hive mind. Discord link down below. Yes, please. Like, it's so much fun having having everybody, like, come show Yeah, we are very happy. Yeah, we're, yeah. It's incredible. It's, it is a great, great little community. And I'm really happy to see it flourishing. And just, all the stuff that you guys bring, like, please keep keep feeding us content. I, I'm very happy about it. I just love hanging out with you guys and just poking my head in and yeah. seeing what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Matrix. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. The Matrix. <laughs>